1: the program. This is Front Room Material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am joined as always by my beautiful bald head co-host. His name is The Rit. How you doing, buddy? Looking good. Not too bad, Freeland. How are you doing, man? Hey, You know what? I got no complaints. I mean, I do. I have some things to complain about, but I, I digress. I won't share those right now. Those are for a little bit later. Uh, th- those are for two hours from now on After Dark. After dark, that's right. But let me first ask you this, buddy: How was your uh, How was your trip? Go it see was... the the Sacks? Is that how you uh, say it? Well, the Boston.
2: What we went up to Boston? Yeah, you know? se- se- seeing a little baseball, and you know, seeing the Socks. Se- nice. Seen the Socks, you know, split it. You know, the, the, were... it, it, it's bad when when you just meet a guy, Tyler Fullington on the show. Yeah, and next thing you know, the man's blowing up your phone. He's quiet. He's quiet Friday, right? When the when the Phillies were losing, Saturday, that man's blowing up my phone, talking a little
1: smack because the Phillies are winning. Can't believe that kids these days. I tell you what, get no respect around. No here. respect around here, not for your elders. Right? You're almost forty, aren't you? Or you're you're Whoa. You're, you're, you're forty. I'm thirty nine. Oh my God, are we gonna They're, go through this again? You're forty I'm, years old. I'm thirty nine. Let me to get Megan. No, that's I'll fine. get Megs. Okay. That's fine. I'm I'm forty. Is that believable or not so much? I I can't believe you're older, or you're not older. Well, it's either the maturity aspect of her, the way I look. It's one of the two. But uh, anyway, I digress. We have a big show for you guys tonight coming up here in hour one with Future Stars Now. Rick, tell them who's joining us on Future Stars Now. Hey, hey, this tonight. man
2: and this man and I go way back. And there is nobody better than Andy freaking Header. He's a big indie star here in Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, him and I have known each other since way, way back in 2011. Nice. And, man, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to get him on here as, you know, technically, he's our first guest on Future Stars Now. I like so, it. And, I like and, it. And it's not... Man, this man is well-rounded. Not just wrestling; he's a big metalhead. Him and Jerry and Mikey would have hours to talk about comic book, you know, or air. Loves aficionado. Yeah, aficionado. Also, he loves his superheroes. Man,
1: it, it, there ain't nothing this man can't do. Love it. Well, you know what? Instead of talking about the guy, let's talk to the guy. What do you think about that? Let's bring them on in, Freeland. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring in wrestling veteran and very good longtime personal friend of the writ, Mr. Andy Hedder. How you doing, buddy? Whoa,
3: hey, I'm here. So I didn't hear the first two minutes until I backed out and came back. And then when I came in, you were putting me over. So thank you.
1: How the hell? Plant. We're good. We're good. We're glad that you uh, were able to carve out some time and join us today and uh can't wait to hear about your professional wrestling career uh being up in the Northeast. Uh your association with uh with, no, with with that guy? With that guy? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I got to get I got to get used to the way I point anyway. Mom says pointing's not nice, but you know yeah, what I do it anyway. It's reverse. It is. So, tell us a little bit about uh first of all, introduce yourself. I mean, as far as your time in wrestling and all the good stuff.
3: Okay. I was actually going to open, but I didn't hear for the two minutes. I had to tell you that I was going to start off with my catchphrase here and be like, I am all killer and no filler match of the night every night. And you're soon going to find out ain't nobody better than Andy Hedder. So yes, uh, I've been wrestling. I think it's almost 15 years now, which is crazy. I started like 2006, 2007, somewhere right around there. And, um, yeah it's it's crazy how it flies by but i still i feel good uh i don't i've never had any injuries at all except for you know getting popped in the face bloody lip or something like that i've never broken a bone you know thank uh thank goodness so uh i don't know i i I love wrestling i still feel as good as i did when i started but i feel that i know a lot more now obviously for wrestling for 15 years even though we took a little break there with the with the corona um i still did tapings for Outbreak and for uh, Draven did some stuff that I I think never got posted, but the the Outbreak stuff did. And uh, I don't know, I I feel like I'm almost better than ever, in in, in some senses, not to brag myself up, but I did, uh, I dropped some weight because like right after we were done with the quarantine, I seen a picture and I was like, man, I look fat, I need to do something about that. So I went from about like 185 to like 190 down to currently 166.
1: So that, that's not fat that's not that andy that's not fat
3: but i know but it was for me it was too much like right you can't eat three donuts in one sitting and then you know you
1: okay eat. thanks for coming on the show Andy I uh, really appreciate that you have yourself a good night three donuts my I'm just I'm just getting warmed up at three
3: <laughs> yeah like if I wanted to I could eat a dozen but yes it's probably not a good idea to good call you know? so uh yes yeah, so I, I slim down and i look uh, a lot better now so my, my goal was to look like Kotobushi and I was like well I'll never probably get exactly because <laughs> that's insane but if I can just get close to Kotobushi that's pretty good
1: well you look you don't look a day over 25 and I, I'm just being honest
3: well thank you my uh my mom is uh, she's about to turn 67 I think and everyone says she looks like she's like 45 so if I can stay 20 years younger looking than I am that's wonderful
1: I agree.
2: Man, so you've you you, you you've always uh, to be honest. I haven't talked to you like face to face now since
3: I, I don't remember the last time, like the,
2: maybe seven years, eight years.
3: He is somewhere at the Walmart up there or
2: maybe, maybe, you know, but but good Lord, you, you have not aged at all. No, now.
3: This, this is the only thing new here. Uh, blonde, like oh, Joyce, the reverse camera that I added that like, because I cosplayed as Matt Hardy from Comic-Con. And I was like, I kind of like that. And I'm like, like, I just had the streak. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to add the whole thing here and make it all blonde. So yeah, other than that, I look exactly the same. I pride myself on staying exactly the same, except now I'm in better shape, of course.
1: So what kind of got you started in wanting to do rest like what was it that caught your eye about wrestling because we talked to a lot of different people and, and a lot of people say i really wasn't that interested when i was younger it wasn't until later in life that i found out that i was interested so how did
3: you get the bug uh i i was always interested i remember like when i was like six or seven i was flipping through the tv at the time which was probably a turn thing to yes myself, <laughs> and uh all I can remember was WWF because I Northeast Pennsylvania, and uh, I don't. I people claim we got NWA. I never seen it. Um, it was WWF, and I remember it was like a, a multi man tag match, like like a, like a six man tag or something. And all I remember for sure is Hacksaw Jim Duggan was in the match. <laughs> I'm not a big Hacksaw <laughs> fan. I mean, he, he's alright, but I, once I seen that, I was like, "What are they? What are they doing here?" And uh, I just that made me like wrestling, and then I I, I didn't know I, didn't, I was young I didn't understand times and when what days it came on but I would always search for wrestling and then I found out oh it comes on Mondays and like Sundays and Saturday afternoons and the mornings because like back then it was all American wrestling and then and then Mania eventually came on with Todd Pentingale so uh then I would find it and I when I understood time as dumb as that sounds but when you're six or seven uh you know time doesn't mean anything so you when know, I understood that then I, I would search for wrestling and find it and I, I've always loved wrestling Sort of ever since I was real young. So I'm not one of people like, oh, I want to get in for money because that's kind of stupid unless you make it. But uh, yeah, I've always loved wrestling.
1: So was there anybody, I mean, outside of uh, the aforementioned hacksaw Jim Duggan, anybody catch your eye that you were like, man, that person is really, I like them?
3: Yeah, well, back then, then I, would, I would rent tapes at the time, uh, videos at west coast video to date myself even more and uh you see hogan and macho man and warrior and you're like well these guys are like is what i was supposed to like so i guess i like these but then i would also like, like i like this roddy piper i like mr perfect and uh at the time i didn't know but i, I like the people that could wrestle a little bit better yes so, like the workers i'm like you know i i like Bret Hart and i kind of like them more than watching hogan even though like i can still watch hogan hulk up against the uh, you know earthquake i'm like this is awesome you know but uh I like the workers, but I didn't know it. And yeah, even now, like when I see someone like I like Daniel Bryan, you know, I like uh, AJ Styles more so than let's say the I I got someone that's more showy.
1: So when you started to get into wrestling itself, who did you seek out to say, Hey, you know, I I want to find somebody that I can start training with or somebody that actually has a school. Does anybody have a school? Does somebody have a ring? Um, what well, was your? I,
3: yeah, I knew nothing. I knew nobody in the business. It's crazy who, who, who I know now. <laughs> if I just knew a fraction, oh, there we go, a fraction of that. Then it would have been so much easier. Um, I, I knew absolutely nothing. I could search on the internet, but you're thinking the internet in 2005 isn't what the internet is now. You know, it was all right, and and there was some schools, and there was like the Wild and I'm like, I don't think I'm ready for that. That's that's a little bit too much. And there was, uh, I don't I think Jakarta, which I eventually wind up at i don't think they even had the website or anything yet so i was at a local band playing and i ran into one guy And says oh i know these guys that they do backyard stuff that you you'd like to do because i did that a little bit nothing crazy. i never went through fire or anything like that but uh they were in uh new or not new haven uh, what was the name of the town uh, where, where, uh, where cody and uh bruce maxwell trained What's the name of that town up there? Oh Jersey Shore. Pennsylvania. Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore <laughs> and um,
1: GTL baby.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I got hooked up with some guys that were training there at an airplane hangar of all things, no heat, no uh AC, no running water, nothing like that. And that's where I kind of learned the basics of the basics and then I eventually found my way to uh the Chikar Wrestle Factory. I know you shouldn't talk about Chicago, but that's what happened. And I was there for a little bit and that's where I, I learned the most, you know, majority of my stuff, and at that time it was it was Quackenbush and uh a guy named Claudio Castagnoli, who is now Cesaro.
2: So. Yes, it, and uh come on, Andy, don't sit there and be too shy. Mister Freeland knows you, you had the you had the uh, the pleasure of working him in a match, also. Yes,
3: yeah, remember, remember that with uh with that uh, Arvo with, with Arva? Remember Aaron Arvo remember in in Grove, Pennsylvania. And yes, right before he got signed, and he didn't want to do too much, but I did play. Is uh, UFO airplane
1: spin so it was, it was pretty cool. So, Chikara is is a very um, it's a very unique uh, promotion, and mm-hmm. I I liked it a lot. Um, I know that people like Orange Cassidy had spent some time there, and yeah. so did Colt Cabana was very much a Chikara guy. How would you describe to people who are not really familiar with Chikara how that is different than a more of a traditional wrestling promotion?
3: It's uh, more, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, cartoony, more character-driven, a lot of masked guys, a lot of uh, humor. uh, Comedy-based. Yeah, a lot of comedy-based stuff. A lot of Lucha. There's a lot of uh, Lucha Libre-based stuff and Japanese style and even British style because, uh, you know, I know Mike Quackenbush kind of canceled right now. But he does know stuff about professional wrestling, and uh, he he would blend the elements of Japanese, you know, not strong style, but just Japanese in general and, and lots of Lucha that I learned from Skyda and stuff and, uh, British style and mixed it all together. And then you had comedy and you had a lot of heavy comic book references and stuff like that for so very, very fun shows. So I always enjoyed Chikara. and now we have can't which I am also a part of
1: who, when you first started working, um, did you find out kind of really kind of pulled you aside? Was there anybody in particular who took time to kind of either take you under their wing or pull you aside and say, Hey, um, XYZ ABC one two three anything like that
3: not not really at first there like kind of when I got out of the uh, Jakar school because it was in Philly and I lived two hours away and I was making slightly above minimum wage at the time and gas was expensive so that's why I stopped going there and you know as I was starting I probably should have stayed there probably would have been some kind of crazy character or something but um, there was no one really it was kind of like a mix of people then like like the mess brothers I when I met them and uh, a lot of the guys from uh, uh, Scranton area like uh, with Brad Demayo and, and uh, my tag partner sometimes Matt Turner uh, a lot of them guys and then just people all over like and then you got a little advice from here and there and like Tate you know, that ran ACW and stuff like that so I didn't have like a mentor per se just a, a lot of like a little bit from everybody and that's what I try to pick up and then like what I what I learned from Chikar and then with from the guys up at the, at the hangar in Jersey Shore Pennsylvania not the Jersey Shore with the terrible sure. show that was on <laughs> so like, it's uh it's a little bit of everything so that's why my style is like i, I have i have lucha i do the lucha arm drags and then ranas and then headsets and stuff but then i also like have stuff that i picked up from japanese video games like yeah, like my uh like the double power bomb i sometimes do other dvd into a power bomb. and the cryptic like, crunch that i got from nova you know a lot of stuff comes from japan so you know that's why my style is kind of all over and then i i'm a big fan of like just classic 80s stuff like i could just watch nwa from like 86 to 89, all day nice, long. and and like just have an NWA match, like a night days match, we're like, I'm gonna body slam you and then sell that, and then we're gonna go to a suplex. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm all over that they have like an all rounded style, I guess you could say.
1: So, when you started, and obviously, you were going to different promotions, did you find that? it was easy to get booked. Cause I know some guys that say it was hard in the beginning to get booked on shows. Did you find that it was difficult or did you find out after a few times out your name starts circling around, people start talking and saying, Hey, look, we have this show coming up or was it uh, tough sledding?
3: It's, it's a little bit tough at first, uh, just because no one knows you. I mean, unless you have a look like you're a jack to the gills or you're six foot eight, or you know, or you just have a little wild look. Um, it is hard at first. So you need to know somebody like, Hey, we're, we're training, you know, we wrestle for these guys. We're going to bring you along and just see if they have a spot for you. So at first it was hard. But then once I got there, I had a little thing called charisma that a lot of people don't have. So that helped a lot. And I was like, I was, I was a heel and I was just yelling like crazy and just trying to do all the overtop stuff to notice me. Like, so like I figured like if I do this, you know, those guys just do moves, but if I do moves and I'm wild, then they're like, Hey, let's, book that guy. And always have good gear, everyone. If you have good gear and you're the shits, I'm going I to curse, sorry, if I can't. Hey, uh, curse away. Alright then, fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you have good gear but you're the shits, people be like, i to book that guy because he has really nice gear. You might not get booked again, but people will notice you. So have good gear, which I always try to do, and uh, you know, get good. But uh, it, it's hard at first, but like, if you, once you go out, you have, you say that you can work and you're easy to deal with, you don't mind doing a job, <laughs> some people do. Um, you, you can get booked. It's easier to get booked, especially if you're entertaining. If you're e- easy to work with and you're entertaining, you won't have a hard time.
2: Uh, Andy, that is one thing I've always loved about you since you brought up is your gear. Yes. So, like, some of your gear that you, like, what were your ideas going into the gear? You know, because well, I remember some of these crazy stuff that you would never think of, but everyone, everyone always loved it.
3: Yeah, uh, that's one thing that I guess I'm known for, is a uh, really nice gear. I don't make it, but I do design almost everything. I sit down, I, I, I come up with an idea of what I want to base it off. It's usually comic combo-themed, um, like my gamut gear that people love. And then I was trying to take the essence of the character. Usually their chest, because superhero's legs are normally blue, like, are boring. Like, Superman's legs, it's just blue. There's no design. So, like, you got to take the chest, move it down to the legs, spread it around, and, like, use alternating colors because one thing I always hate is lame gear. If you come out and you just have like black tights with like a stripe down the side, like maybe that would work in, in the eighties, but come on, jazz it up a little bit. So that's what I do. I pick what character I want to do or what theme I want to do and then just kind of draw it up. Sometimes I've it up several times and then send it to the gear guy and then usually they can make it really, really awesome. So, I mean, I have several sets. And I have two more coming, <laughs> so you can never have too much gear. Um, you know, but you got, you got it. That's like they say, invest in yourself as long as you have a couple sets of gear and, uh, you know, bring one or two to a show because you never want to wrestle somebody and you look like a tag team. That's terrible. Hey, I have black and red and well, I have black and red too. And I just, I hate that. So I want to look totally different than whoever I'm wrestling. So that's why my, my gear is all is more of the, it's probably 95% comic book themed. I do have some video game stuff and, uh, some new ones coming. So
2: I'll say the one, uh, I always remember was the, the Mario inspired. The oh, yeah, it was a
3: Death Mushroom. Yes. yes. Yeah, I still have them, and they're still—they were pleather on the side, so they were peeling off a little bit. And that was like a, a generic design that E Lucha had. So any uh, expired wrestlers, E luchacom Um You can get some stuff. on there. they had the tights like, and they had the Death shroom like design. I was like, can you just do this and make it purple, and then make this like green and alternate? And they came out really good. I never seen anybody else with that. I think I seen one guy that had the like a micro shorts version that were red. But uh, they're they really cool. I still have them. I still have all my gear, actually, unless it got so bad that I was falling apart. The kick pads I've thrown out, but, like, all the tights, I still have them.
1: Andy, let me ask you this. When it comes to being standing out in wrestling, um, obviously you have to be capable of, of performing in general. But would you say if you are on a scale 1 to 5, maybe a 2.5 or a 3 in physical ability, but you are a five plus in personality and persona and character and presentation. Would you say that supersedes um, the, the in-ring ability or do you think it it does need to balance itself out?
3: It can, because if you look, I always tell people, imagine a video game, a wrestler is like a video game and you have 20 points to put into your character. 10 points is the max, right? So you have let me here, charisma and then you have in-ring talent and then you have look. So you can only max two, right? With right. Right. So you have to distribute them. So like, if you look really good, and then you wrestle really good, you then like, you know, your 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 in ring talent won't be that. Or, or whatever, whatever say, what was it? Uh, look charisma. Your yeah, personality. Charisma, you your it's like you look awesome, but then you get up and yeah, to wrestle. So like, you have to balance it out. I tell people like a role like the warrior, ten charisma, ten look. Well, maybe maybe like nine charisma and one in ring talent, because the warrior. Yeah. But he was awesome because like look at this guy but then like some people like like rick flair well he would be all tens just about basically because like rick Flair looked good and he could work and so i'm but like if you if you know hey i'm not that good but i'm really entertaining you can get around it kind of like hogan the hogan wasn't as bad as what people think but he was no bret hart by any means uh you can't get over it but like but then if you know that you're not that good then try and get better because you can always learn I'm always learning new moves and stuff, too, and uh, new ways to do things in the ring. So, yeah, if you lack in one department, you can make up for it. Like ECW was, was big in that, Paul Heyman. Was it hide the uh, negatives, accentuate the positives? So right. You, you can get around. Like, uh, like Like The Miz isn't the best in the ring, but he's really the talker. So, And he looks good. So.
1: Who would you say is somebody that you gained the most from working with? If, if there was somebody you could say, man, I really came away with a lot from working with Joe Blow.
3: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to think like offhand because, you know, I'm impressed many people and I, I try to keep this sidebar. I tried to keep a notebook for one year and I, I got like halfway through the year and I'm like, I don't want to write people's names in the matches down anymore. But, um, you know, like match planning, like uh, Unbreakable Andy, Rick knows him. Um, he would plan out the match move by move by move and like every little thing. So maybe that's, that's where I got this match structure like to have to do I even know it's more spotty but like working with him and, and learning that style and like a lot of people like I, I learn from because maybe little things but uh, there was not one person where I like, when oh, I wrestled him and then I wrestled him again I learned stuff like you can learn little things from, from everybody.
1: You mentioned before about planning out a match. I want to mm-hmm. talk to you about that. Um, you know, we've heard people say that there are some people who take a legal pad, yellow legal pad, and they'll they'll write it down. Okay, I have the worst memory. This is why I would be a horrible wrestler. I could not remember anything. To me, everything would have to be just literally on the fly, extemporaneous. Do you feel like you feel more comfortable when at least bullet points are touched upon prior, or do you like just to let it let it fly out there.
3: Yeah, I, I would rather, you know, here's some ideas. Let's get to them. And then what's the finish? Always what's the finish and what's the start. really? And then and the rest, the middle, doesn't really... I don't, I don't like it like here, 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 here. Like, that's that's too much. Like If you say, like, I could be on a show, I'm like, hey, guys, hurt. can you go out and call it in the ring? Yes, I can. And a lot of people can't. Some people are scared or they don't know what to do. But, like, as long as you know what moves you do and when to do them, you can call in the ring, especially in there with the, someone that's pretty good but I would I I like to prefer like just let's plan a little bit but not move by move step by step because that's just that's insane and I wrestle a lot of people that do and it's like oh and and then when they wrestle like that sometimes they're so busy thinking about what's next and what am I doing right now and then what's what's after that that they don't interact with the crowd and they work their character because they're too busy like okay after the suplex I gotta run up and springboard and then he's gonna reverse it into a slam like and then they're, they're losing other things. Cause like, if you're just out there and you're just feeling it then you're like free to do whatever. And I, I like that a little bit more than I got to do this. Okay. Andre toss, body slam. you know, like, like that.
1: We had heard a story about, I guess Ricky steamboat was telling the story about he and Randy Savage at WrestleMania three. Yeah. They, uh, Randy wrote everything down and then leading up to it, they would call here. Randy would call him on the phone, and say, Hey, Ricky, uh, number 78. What is it? And then Ricky would have to know what 78 was.
0: All right, 92. Come on,
1: Yeah. How do you I I, I cannot honestly fathom. And, and I mean, I've studied chemistry, physics, this, that. I mean, I, I've studied some pretty heady stuff. I cannot honestly tell you that I could do that with I, everything else going on in yeah, life. How do you do that?
3: It, it is a bit much. And you got to just kind of put your mind just focused on that. And like, and you'll see them guys that go over the match over and over and over. But then t- sometimes they get two in their head and they forget something because they're just so worried about, Oh, I got I to gotta remember. But yeah, like, like the young bucks, they say they go over the matches sometimes like all day like all day long just to be like and then i'll hit the you know i'll kick you I'll whip you in the corner i'll hit the instagram and you roll out and then i'll fucking do throw a drop kick it's like i don't know, i have trouble remembering them real in-depth things and sometimes i'm like oh, dude i'll just just i'll do a move and then i'll do a move and then we you know like reverse this move like i'll pick up and just say reverse like and it's like if you can't do that then you get the hell out of business but uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to remember some of them really intricate things. And I don't know how some people do it. Like, they say DDP was like that. It's like the Macho Man and the, the Bucks are like that. That's, I ugh, I couldn't imagine.
1: Yeah, I can't remember my grocery list when my wife, she's like, <laughs> Hey, remember, Clorox, toilet paper, Mars bars, I, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. I, I I can't even, I can't do that. And
3: <laughs> normal and, and,
1: normal no pressure, regular things right so i i feel like i have a great re- respect for wrestlers because what people don't understand is the psychology that they have to do the the physicality they have to do storytelling interacting with the crowd all of this stuff taking care of your opponent people don't get it but it's like seven or eight layers deep and it's yeah. like and then you also have to stay on time And it's like, holy crap, like, uh, me personally, when I see a match, I'm like, their minds have to be going a million miles an hour.
3: It it is, but it's it's weird because, like, when you have a match, at least me anyway, it's like my mind is focused solely on that and nothing else. So, like, oh, if I'm, you know, I have bills to pay or something, that's not what's going through my mind at the time. It's just the match, and that's, like, that's all that exists is the match and the people there, and the world could be burning, and I have no idea. Because right. I'm so into this. So, but um, oh, well, it, it's, it's, there's a science behind it, like to, to, you know, not hurt your opponent and uh, not get hurt yourself and then worry about the crowd and the time. But like in time, you do learn these things. But it, it's like when you start, it, it is a lot, you know?
2: Well, when you're not wrestling, what do all do you like to do in your free time? You uh-huh. know, you, uh, you, you were in a band before, you know, you, you, I, comic I, books, Marvel. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. Uh, I do I do read a lot of comic books. I uh, don't really mean it that way. There's some uh, tr- trades right there, and there's also uh, Optimus and Blaster right there. Um, yes, I, I, I play video games. <laughs> real dorky stuff, and I read comic books. Uh, I do go to the gym, which uh, if you do not, if you're a wrestler, if you're a wrestler and you do not, maybe, maybe you should. Uh, <laughs> <just saying>. um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like to do that. I also like to... Oh, uh, my I can't my thing here. Uh, I like to go to yard sales and stuff like that and auctions uh, and mm. antique places for fines, like uh, all different kinds of stuff. Like, I bought a Japanese uh, slot machine at an antique place, and it's awesome. I try, I bid it on one that was actually a wrestling one in Japan, I had Antonio Inoki on it, it had Chono, and I did not get it. But I was like, where else are you going to find something like that? You can't just order that on the internet. Everything you do it's hundreds of dollars. So that's, that's what I, I do video games, comic books, I listen to heavy metal. I don't really so much uh, play any instruments anymore because I simply just don't have the time and uh you know that that's that's it really watch <laughs> wrestling too you know <laughs> i watch uh marvel shows on disney plus one again but even my tv viewing is like if i watch three hours of tv a week that's that's a lot like usually it's AEW and like now like moki and that's it <laughs> and listen to podcasts too because when i'm driving for work i listen to podcasts
1: you know, it's interesting with this generation of wrestlers, um, the the, the kids—I'll call them kids. I can. I'm getting no. old. I can. I say that now. Uh, the group in the '80s that are now obviously in the wrestling business—it's different than what it was with the aforementioned Ric Flairs. Yes. And I mean, the drinking, and the carousing, the ladies—I'm sure that still happens. But it's funny, Andy, that you mention this because a lot of the guys now that we've talked to, it is. Hey man, we're going to, we're going to go back to the hotel and we're going to order some food, order some pizza, and we're going to watch the network, or we're going to go ahead and play, right. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to play video games or I got to, you know, all these graphic novels we're going to check out. The culture of what wrestlers do outside of when the lights go out has drastically changed. Mm -hmm. Um, do you feel like obviously that's a good thing with the business or do you think in some ways wrestlers outside of work have become more um more so to think. themselves?
3: Yeah, I I think it's much better than when, when years ago when they'd be like, "Okay, let's get a case of beer and put it in the cooler in the back and drink all the way as we drive to the next town." That's right nonsense. I mean, what if you, you hit somebody? Like they say, "I'm mean, not to be the way people like, "What if you hit somebody and your and their kid dies in the car?" So because right. That's horrible. So, I mean, that is a lot better like you want to go to a bar and you drink, like, I don't drink at all. I never did. Not my thing. But if you like that, so be it. But, like, the wild stories of, like, oh, he was so drunk and then he fought 15 guys. Like, you don't really need that anymore, especially nowadays. Like, it, it just, it isn't worth it, especially if you're going to drive two, three, four, five, six hours to the next place and you're drunk or high or something. Like, that's crazy. And uh, so that, in, in a lot of regards, I like that wrestling isn't that wild West where it's like, okay, we're going to party till the break of dawn and then sleep a little bit and drive to the next show like i'm glad that's over and like some people are like, oh well, the, well people are soft they're like no there's still tough guys in here just because you play a video game or reacomping doesn't mean you're not tough like right i don't i don't subscribe to that. like maybe cornette would say that but uh, i i, I kind of like that it's not you know uh, uh regarded if you go out and you drink and then you get in a fight and then you do drugs and it's like oh look at him he's, you know, he's a party guy so that's why he's a better wrestler that makes absolutely no sense
1: and I think a lot of wrestlers learn from prior generations, and they realize at the end of the day, this didn't work. Um, yeah, this shortened our career. And and I mean, when you look at, and I'm not pinpointing Ric Flair specifically, but I mean, how many guys have we known over the years who drank like a fish, and then, you know, Rick had all the health issues that he had, and it's like, my God, like, I know you enjoyed life, and, and the old phrase, you only go around once, but there is something to be saying about taking things in moderation and mm-hmm. s- taking some time to smell the roses a little bit you know
3: yeah definitely i mean like a lot of them guys too like they live so hard and they drank and they do drugs and, and steroids on top of that and like they probably could have lived a couple more years they probably could <laughs> wrestle longer if they didn't live that that reckless lifestyle so yeah i i, I agree
1: let me ask you about the, uh, the payoffs, and not to get too personal with finances, but er- early on, a young Andy Hedder, he's out there, he's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume you know, you're know you driving town to town, you have to have your gear, and obviously you have to eat, and there- there's so many other things. Yeah. What was paydays like? Was it-, was it like, did you feel like you were going to get something, or were there some times when?
3: Uh- <laughs> a lot, yeah, a lot of times you don't get enough. Like the old proverbial hot dog and a handshake, as they say. And if you got two hot dogs, that's really good. But like when you first start, like if you get 20 bucks, that's a lot. Like, wow, $20. Like, I remember like the first couple of years, and then one time like, I did a ladder match and they gave me 70. Was like, Whoa. Whoa. I am I am the richest man alive. <laughs> I'm a million dollar man. <laughs> um, yeah, so at first, you're not going to make much. Even, even now, I don't get paid. Like, if, if a normal person is like, you get slammed around and you only get $40. Like, well, yeah, but like if I was on TV, then I'd be getting paid big money or if like, you know, like when the guys come off and they do the spot shows, they're getting a couple hundred dollars. So it, it is hard. And uh, if you're looking to make money early on, I'm not going to make any money. I mean, cause back when I started, like shirts were expensive, like every one time I got shirts that cost $700 to get like 40 shirts. So I'm like, oh my God, I'll never make this back. But now you can get 50 shirts for $200 and have them in one week. So you know, it's, it's, it's very hard and if you want to make money if you're in it to make money you're probably in it for the wrong reasons so yeah it's it's hard and, if you, and when you start if you get 20 dollars, you're doing pretty good
2: man andy I, i'm i got to say i got probably one of your vintage shirts still upstairs
3: okay yeah the, the but, would are, be, I, yes i still have a couple um i can i can do a sneak peek to my my new one that i can right over there, i can grab it that i sell at the uh, legends of hamburg con plug that in um yeah so i did that after was a classic one and i never had one again until i did the tag team shirts just because i'm like this is so much money and then i looked into it I'm like oh wait now i can get because back then when he started like we're going to charge you this much for one color and then for two colors now it's this much and three colors it's like oh my god on top of you know the design and now it's just like upload your image okay pick your shirt colors and here's the price so oh man the, the way merchants come along i, I just got a uh, i'll, I'll spoil here um, I, I got custom bandanas made because I added the bandana last year around my neck, like Jericho. I got, I got with my age symbol, so it's going to be like a pattern on that. I got keychains. I got stickers. So, yeah. Now, it's, it's much easier. Like, if you a merch and you can make some money off that, like, if you buy it cheap and sell it for a little bit, I mean, don't gouge. Yeah, you know, if your shirt costs $5 and you're going to try and sell it for $30, eh, maybe that's not going to work. Because you got to keep in mind, it is indie shows and people don't have a lot of money to spend. Yeah, they might buy Roman Reigns shirt for 35 but they're not going to buy it your shirt for thirty-five. So right? Like, my new shirts, like the price I paid, I can sell them for fifteen dollars. So I can still make a profit. Which is cool. Everyone's selling for twenty. I was like, yeah I can sell them for twenty. And then I might not sell as much, but I might make more one per shirt. But like if I sell them for fifteen, I sell all of them. That's better. So yeah. um yeah. So that you know early on you're not gonna get paid much and if you can get some merch that will help your payday a little bit. But I mean don't don't expect a lot of money.
1: Talk about, you know, kind of continuing on that same thread here when it comes to merchandise. When did you realize that, man, I really need to have something out there on the merch tables during intermission or after the show? Like, when did that kind of hit you as, okay, I'm only getting X amount of dollars. I'm traveling all these miles. I have hotels. I got to eat. I got all this kind of stuff, overhead expenses. When did merch start to enter into the equation of I need to look at this?
3: Early on. You know, I, I like maybe like a year in because I figured, like, I'm just starting. Who's gonna want to buy my shirt or my picture? Like, you know, I, they don't know me. They're like, who the hell's this guy? So, like, maybe like a year or two, or and like, maybe I should get a shirt. But they, you know, I did okay. And because they were so expensive, that kept me off for many years. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna do that. I sold some pictures and stuff. But like, just now recently with like all the sites that they have now, like uh, Sticker Mule, where they run stickers uh, sales all the time, you can get 50 stickers for $20 and they're holographic. Like, that's awesome. And now they make keychains and like, all these other like T Public and stuff like that, where you can upload a thing and order shirts. Like I use Spreadshirt, and they are they're out right by um uh, what is it? Uh, right up by State College, and you can get one yep. week, one one week. Sometimes less than we upload the thing the next morning at like six in the morning. Like we're printing your shirts. So uh, now it's like, I don't know, now I can, now I can. I work, I have you know a better job, I have more money coming in. Now I can buy merch. I can sell it. There's all these different types, and it's not lame. And they have like. Now it's it's probably easier than ever. So like within the past two years I'd say I know I've really gotta get more stuff. And now like for that Legends of Hamburg con I'm gonna have like a bunch of stuff on my table. So
2: I, I don't know if you ever paid attention uh, at shows, but one person, you know, that always anybody time anybody talks about merchandise was Cole Calloway.
3: Yeah, remember he would sell like the little heels and stuff like that? Co-
2: Cole Callaway's gimmick was rainbow themed, everything. Yes. He would maybe he would maybe a little date it
3: now, you know. Yes, like culture he probably won't fly now. I know. He, uh, no, I messaged but, him and he was like, thinking about getting back into it, but I'm like, maybe you do a different gimmick. But uh, yeah, yeah, he, but he yeah. does have a lot to sell, so that, like oh. you know, that's great you could sell stuff, great. And then, now, like, not to cut you off, but then now like they're making like custom wrestling buddies, but the price for them right now is not good. But maybe like a year or two, you can get them for cheap. Like, no one's gonna buy your custom wrestling buddy like, for 40 or 50 dollars. Like, <laughs> Sorry, um, but like that's what kind of where they're at right now. Because I looked into it, and it's like for the price you got to pay for the design everything, you know, and, and like a pop. Like right now, no, There's no, we, it, it, what it's going to cost you. You're not going to make a rent back.
1: We actually have a guy who uh, is a wrestler up in Canada. His name is Christopher Butt, oh. and uh, yeah, so yeah, just kind of getting his feet wet with wrestling and everything like that. He was talking about having his own. Um, Buddy doll. Um, do you think that he should use his real I mean Christopher butt? Do you think
3: maybe the, if he was Christopher Kick Butt? <laughs> like, okay. That was his like I, so, I mean I, I don't I don't know if that's the best name
1: but you know. buddy probably would not be a good selling. Yeah, I don't think you want
3: to sell butt buddies at the merchandise table, especially makes children.
1: yes, good point.
3: <laughs> but uh maybe, maybe change the name a little bit, yeah, I would say. Because like sometimes your real name isn't the best. Like, there's a catering business around here that's named Gross Catering. Maybe they shouldn't have used their last name.
1: Wow! Yeah, yeah that's not good.
3: Yeah. So, like, your your name, maybe, and, and with wrestling, you can pick any name you want. You want to be Max Justice? You can be Max Justice. So, yeah. I would say, maybe maybe not use Butt. There was a dentist in Potsville who was Dr. Butt. And I, I remember as a kid, it was the funniest thing ever. Dr. Butt! And he's the dentist. He's, you know, his name is Butt.
2: Um, uh, uh how did you come up with your, uh, your name?
3: Well, uh, see, I might real last name, shoot name, brother, uh, different first name, but it's the name that I've always went by. So I was like, well, I'm going to use that. I didn't have a, a name, uh, planned out at the time. I, I was going to be Eddie Constantine and then the line was going to be the best you've ever seen Eddie Constantine because that's why I say my name. Yeah. So someone take, it. um, unless I go to NXT and like, what's your name? It's Eddie Constantine. Um. A lot of times when I say my name, and I, I would say, hey, what's your name? Andy. Eddie. Eddie? Andy. Eddie. Eddie? Yeah, it's Eddie. So I was like, well, let's use that. And because Eddie Guerrero. And then I was like, one of the cool sound last name that sounded different. And then there's Constantine, obviously, the the, the comic book character. I'm like, that, that sounds pretty cool. And then I came up with the rhyme. And I told the guys that I was training up in Jersey Shore. I'm like, that's stupid. Use your real name. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's how I, I, I just got stuck with my name. And it, it, it kind of works. How would you
1: describe the process of when it comes to creating a persona? Um, I could assume the average lay person like myself would be like, oh yeah, let's just, let's just do this. Yeah.
3: I'll be, but that's, pan crusher. Yeah. It's
1: that there's a lot more that goes into it. Like you talked about before, it's gotta be catchy. It's gotta be something that doesn't encroach on something what someone else has said or called themselves, And it's gotta be something that you could easily merchandise as well. So, and what's that process like
3: something that you're comfortable with that's a big thing like a lot of times like like in your car or something you'd be handed a gimmick and okay now you're a, a, a cyber uh, hawk from space well I don't want to be a, a cybernetic you know hawk from space but it's like you're just kind of stuck with it so like uh, when you find a character what what do you like like what 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 movies what do you like westerns then you want to be some type of cowboy like like a hangman or something like that or do you want to be more gimmicky find something you like and then I, I always said write a name uh like get a list of names of uh, first names and last names and just write them down and then match them up like the, the old mad libs or whatever you know and then try and figure out that's my cat jumps up there um just trying to figure out what your name if you get like if you're like I really like the last name like you know I don't know williams and I want to use that but I want a real crazy first name you know like I don't I don't know uh, like I said before justice I want to be justice williams like You you build a name like that, like you can't have a two plant, like you can't be like, I'm Brad Thomas." Like, probably doesn't work, you know. So, and then you can't be too over the top unless your character's over the top. So, a lot goes into it, but it's like, it's it's something that someone really can't. They can give you guidance, but like, I can't tell you who to be, like, unless you like, I want to be a pirate. So it's like, okay, well, you know, know, it's it's hard. You got to find what you want to do, and then and then sometimes people take their name and they're like like. Brian Danielson when he went 30 years like oh and I'm gonna be Daniel Bryan I'm gonna switch it around so sometimes you do that or you take your middle name or maybe take your mom's maiden name something like that switching around or if your character is like totally like your Shockwave the robot then you know you come up with something like that but it's it's hard but my advice would be find something you like and base it off of that like if you're really into Scorpion for Mortal Kombat and you want to be like you know Dave Scorpion or something but like try and work a little bit so it's a little different and you don't get sued but, you know, even you base it off stuff like that, but, you know, just think and just write stuff down and then do variants. And eventually you'll get there.
1: The reason I mention that is because uh, I'm I'm a big uh no, Golden, you... Gold, no, I'm a big me TV guy. Okay. Um, yes. So if Andy Hedder was was sitting down with me and, and he says, Mike Freeland, I tell you what. You like this show about retired women that live in Miami together. I don't know. I'm somehow sliding into Jack Nicholson here. Uh, what would you recommend? What would you say? How would you incorporate the love of the Golden Girls, elderly people, Miami?
3: Let me, let me I would say take one of their last names. Like I believe isn't Blanche's last name Devereaux? Devereaux, yeah. That last name is awesome. So take it that. Is. Take one of the other one's first names. And change it to the male version, or just use your name, and you could be Mike. Uh, what was what was the last name? Dever what?
1: Devereaux. Devereaux. Blanche yeah. Devereaux.
3: Yeah, Devereaux is an awesome name. It's a very Cajun. sound. Like, hey, I'm like Gambit, but I, I'm David Rem- uh, Devereaux. So, like, I, that's what I would say. Pick that last name because it's cool. Something that it stands is. out. Something that's striking. Like, if your last name's Winchester, like the dudes on Supernatural, like you don't remember that. You don't remember if your last name is Jones unless your first name's crazy. So, uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> I like that. Zbornak probably wouldn't stand out very well. I think we probably should, yeah. No,
3: not Or no. Nyland
1: or yeah, no.
3: No, and, and sometimes, like, not to make fun of but if your name is like overly ethnic and hard to say, you, yeah. don't use it. you know, if it's a long Polish name, like Wajdża Jachowski or someone, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go.
4: <laughs>
2: Oh, my gosh. Fre- Freeland, I, I'm calling you that from now on. <laughs> Mike. You're, what are you going to call me? Mike Devereaux.
3: Mike, Mike, Mike Devereaux. See, That's good.
1: It is Mike Devereaux. Mike Devereaux?
3: The Cajun sensation or
1: the ca- Oh, my God. Look at this.
3: Yeah. This I've, off the top of my head.
1: Andy, I've always wanted to be a manager. My entire life. I don't want to get okay. in the ring because I can't do what you guys do. Not even close. I, I would look like I was having a seizure. The point is, though, I'd like to be the guy on the outside who just gets his butt kicked yeah. and takes whatever kind of punishment but entertains people. So.
3: No, there you go. Well, the manager is much easier. I mean you have to take the occasional bump, but you can take the manager bump, or it doesn't look as good, but you fall down and you know. Yeah. As long as you're entertaining and you're you have some charisma, like you said before, you could be a manager. Managers are are, are very needed. And uh, you know, in WWE, they don't use them as much as they should. Like a guy can't talk and they force him to talk and the promos suck. It's like, well, okay, a well, manager. And it's like, oh no, okay, well, if you had a manager it'd be much better. Like when Bobby Heenan had his Heenan family in the eighties. Yes. That was awesome. And then Jimmy Hart. And then you had that, like, third string manager, too. So, like, yeah, the Barbarian can't cut a promo. Well, so, put him with Bobby Heenan, and then problem solved.
1: Kind of speaking about your love for superheroes and whatnot, uh, I know a guy who is big into superhero stuff and comic book stuff and video games. And his name is nope. the Kenny Omega.
3: Oh, Omega. Yes. Kenny Yes. Omega, who talks like... This. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, Kenny really likes video games, Street Fighter, and uh, Mega Man, hence uh, Omega Man X. Yep. Um, yeah, I've I, I, never met Kenny. I would like to. Obviously, I would like to wrestle Kenny, and then talk about the Street Fighter, and I don't know if he's more so, I think he's more a video game guy than a comic book guy, but uh, that, that's awesome that he's a, a video game guy, because we can talk about video games from,
0: you know, the way back.
3: I remember he posted one time when Resident Evil 2 came out, the redone one, And I was like, I want to play Resident Evil. Eventually, did so. Yeah, I I I like Kenny Omega because eventually, early or uh, before early on, he would do like the Hadouken and stuff during his matches. Yes, he was very over the top video game. Now he's more like still does over the top stuff, but not as much. So yeah, and and that's where he got his name from. So uh, yeah, like One Winged Angel is uh, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. And then, uh, the, what, what's the, the V trigger is your special move, two part five. And what's his, a uh, Kentaro crusher. Kentaro combat yep. two. And then he has one other video game move that I, I forget right now, but they're all connected. i like, I get them. So like, that's why I named moves like Kryptonite crunch. I stole that from Nova, but obviously it's called the Kryptonite crunch Superman, Kryptonite. That's why I've, now I've been doing Superman punch, Kryptonite crunch. It rhymes. Superman, Ooh, Kryptonite, yeah, I like that. Set up the finisher. And then, like, I, I, uh, going to go on a tangible, I like to name moves off things I like. Like I do the uh, DVDs for Michinoku driver and I like Elvira, so it's called Unpleasant Dreams, because she always says Unpleasant Dreams, my darlings. Um, yeah. So um that's why I name my moves off stuff that I like.
1: Outside of outside of that, is there anybody else you feel like has done a really good job pulling off like a superhero character? I mean, we've seen we've seen different people. I mean, mention Nova and um you have Hurricane Helms. Um now
3: Nikki th- Cross Ash. Who the uh, outfit looks really good, but the story sucks. And I mean she's a good wrestler, but I mean maybe you what know, about the story a little bit differently?
1: Yeah, they uh I forget who was doing the interview. I think it was Goldberg was doing the interview with Steve Austin on his podcast, and he said when he started to realize things were kind of not going so great was when they had Rosie. And he was the superhero in training, oh, And I yeah. think. And then on his shirt, it was spelled S H I T. Yeah. yeah it's like and a- it's like, really?
3: Yeah. And it was like, that was, was like a rooster. I'm like, it shit. Yeah. We're I know. sucks. So, like, oh, I would wrestle with the shit wrestler. Um, yeah. The superhero gimmicks usually don't really work out too much. Like, you can be inspired by, but if you are superhero wrestling, and then you're like Arachnaman, Brad Armstrong. And it bombs, it's like ugh. I mean Hurricane was probably the most successful. I don't see Nikki Ash slash cross being that successful and they'll probably forget it in two weeks anyway, and she'll be back with that crazy Nikki. But uh usually if you're inspired by it, it's okay. But if you are a superhero and, and then like, Oh I don't know so because I have bulletproof skin. Well if you have bulletproof skin, why not you just win all the time? So it's like <laughs> I, I don't know. You can be inspired, but don't don't actually be a superhero in wrestling, you know, unless it, unless it's like Totally over the top like Lucha Underground and you're gonna rip someone's head off there at the end.
1: Yeah, I loved the uh the, the concept because I felt this guy could wrestle really well, Chris Canyon and um yeah. the mort with the mortis character he had.
3: I, I I really liked it. I thought the look was was phenomenal. It and was then, awesome. Yeah, and then he was in WCW Revenge for N N sixty four. And that yes. was a great game, and then it's like, oh, Mortis looks so cool with the black contacts, and it's, it's like, because he was painted black, and he was like basically ripped off of Mortal Kombat because Glacier was Sub Zero, but then they changed it, you know, changed his look a little bit so they would not get sued. But Mortis looked awesome, and then Raph was supposed—they were supposed to have like a, a line of Mortal Kombat characters that were, you know, not Mortal Kombat, but yeah. And uh, yeah, Mortis looked awesome, and then he had cool moves, the Flatliner. With the first, he would do the uh, Simone drop off the second rope, and then it was the. Uh, the um like the move that bray white does with standing falling back uh, that one spiral edge used to do it yeah that front line but yeah mortis looked awesome i like mortis
2: it, 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 he looked great and then you had glacier
3: yeah glacier who the entrance was awesome and that's it then like Bruce Pritchard said, that bell has to ring and it's not so awesome but uh, glacier a very nice guy if you ever meet ray lloyd he is super nice and uh you kind of you forgive her for being not so good in the ring. But like, hey, in, in Revenge, that Cryonic kick special was awesome.
1: If you were a booker and you were to book a comic book wrestling card, what comic book characters would you put against each other and how would you put that card? How would you How would you stack that card?
3: I don't know. Are you limited to just one or the other, like Marvel DC or independent? Or-
1: you can do whatever you want.
3: Whatever you want. I mean, there's always that cliche of, like, I'm going to make Aquaman wrestle Namor. Like, I-, I don't know if I would do that. Or, like, Superman versus Thor, then Iron Man versus Batman. Um, I-, I don't know what I would do. Maybe I would have my favorite characters go at it because that's more interesting to me than, hey, Daredevil's got to fight Nightwing. Well, I like them both, but I don't want to see them fight each other. i have rather seen Nightwing fight uh, Iceman. Let's see what happens. Um, you know, let's say Thor, and he fights Wonder Woman. How about that? That's kind of good. Um, hey, intergender. Yeah, hey, it's, it's, it's whatever now, especially in comic books. So you, what do you think? Like, Street Fighter 2 had Chun-Li, so, you know, hey, there's a girl, and she's beating up the dudes. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I would have maybe, like, spawn, and he would fight Wolverine. Wouldn't that be interesting? See what I think it would. There. Yeah, um, Ghost Rider, and then and, and put him against, I don't know, Green Lantern. And that's why I would probably book all I'd probably book like the entire X Men <laughs> except for the crappy characters. And like, oh, let's see, we're gonna have a, a Gambit versus um um Flash, and then we'll have like you know um Polaris, some of the put deep cuts, and, and she's going to take on a uh, Batwoman. I, I would have real wild matchups, I think, rather than the normal ones. So, I, I don't know. My, my my advantage is probably Thor and Wonder Woman though, you know, and then uh Spawn versus Wolverine is the, the semi main.
2: Nice. Well, Andy, we'd sit there and, well, Freeland doesn't like to ask it.
1: No, oh, why? We're not doing this again, are we? Uh, I enjoy. It. I don't know.
3: Every, Andy, every I guest,
2: apologize for this question. Every guest we have. Hot tu- <laughs> hey, hot tub time machine. Here we go. Yes. You can go back in any match in history, mm-hmm. Take your se- take someone out, and insert yourself in the match. Hmm. What would it be, and why?
3: Jeez, like... Because if, if I take someone out of a match I really like, then I don't like it as much because one part of it is missing, unless it's, like, some multi-man match. Like, let's say, like, Kenny versus Okada, like, the second one, was was my, probably my favorite. Like, if I take Kenny out, yeah, I'll in it. Do I, would I like the match as much? Then I, I don't... That's a, a crazy question. Like, would I take macho man's place and then wrestle steamboat I, I, don't, I don't know maybe 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 i would take out uh just because it'd be insane I, I will i will take out Shawn michaels and i will wrestle bret hart at the iron man match at wrestlemania Ooh,
1: nice
3: what, what a learning experience that would be for an hour with bret hart there we go that's that, that would be not,
2: right. not just an hour you okay, had that, that five overtime. overtime. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
3: Overtime. Don't go back in the ring, Brett. No, I'm going back. I do to defend you. I'm not going to lose. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all.
1: Before we, we get going here. I want to ask you this. If there were three people before the end of your career, whenever that may be, hopefully it's a long time from now, but yeah. there's three people on your list. The list. Who okay. are they? Who are they? Uh,
3: uh, we will uh, say it's uh, anyone like people that are signed. Um <laughs> Um, well, well a guy that isn't signed. Possibility, but a long shot, Brian Danson, fantastic wrestler. Love nice. I see him in RH, so there's one of them in no in no order. We're gonna say him. we're gonna say Kazuchika Okada, one I think one of the best wrestlers in the world. His run with the last run with the title was fantastic and every match was good. Maybe not so much as Cody one, but it was still pretty good. Um so let's say Brian Danson, Kazuchika Okada, and, and living right now, I let's see for the third one. I'm kind of kind of leaning towards Kenny Omega, and uh, if it wasn't Kenny Omega, I'll let you shake your head there.
1: Um, it doesn't need to be anybody else, my friend.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't know who else it would be. It'd probably be like Hangman or something. I mean, AJ Styles, oh. AJ Styles. Is a really AJ cool
1: Styles is a great pick.
3: Yeah, um, Tanahashi, um, you know, and then even even like a wild card. Like, keep going here, but like, like, I would wrestle John Cena. Like, wouldn't that be a spectacle? Like it might not be five stars, but it'd be a spectacle. Even me versus Roman, like. But anyway, uh, I will pick Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, Kazuchika Okada, and Kenny Omega. That, I
2: would, and I had to cut you off, Freeland. And in case you sit there and don't know, you mentioned the word Kenny Omega, and Freeland creams his pants. That, that's not that's enough. That is enough. I. Why I'm do sure you have we'll to say that? Kenny
3: Omega shirt and said this. Uh, podcast. Shirt, <laughs> uh, I
2: I should have I should have sit there and and, and let yeah. you in on on the Peter secret. Kenny
3: shirt on,
4: God
1: no, I think it would be great to see you with Pac oh, um, I would love to see you with him um, Did you ever get a chance to work with Amazing Red?
3: No, I never did I was on a couple shows with him But I never wrestled him I know he he, he retired and they came back And kind of retired Now he's back with a Corona So I don't know what his status is But yeah, Amazing Red was always really good I liked him in uh, TNA Even with Crimson It was still pretty good
1: and then uh, P.D. Williams, I think, would be great. Oh, yes, yes.
3: Oh, my gosh. I, you know, a lot of times I watch AEW, I think, where, where would I fit in pretty good? Like, me versus Sammy Guevara. that that be pretty good? Ooh. Um, even me versus Jungle Boy. And you know, I'm like, th- there's there's a lot of good matches. Like, me versus Hangman, obviously. Um, uh, Andy, I could
2: I could sit there and, and take you out. Like, take out Marco Stunt and put you in the drastic Express. Jurassic Express? I,
3: I, I, <laughs> I could I can see you with those oh, guys. Oh, well, well, I don't know because was, like Jungle Boy is the, the one from the jungle. You got dinosaur. Like what what are a character? Like I guess Marco not is little, but I, I don't know what I would be like Wild Man from the mountains or something. I, I don't know.
2: You, you, I you don't, can be whatever you
1: can be whatever you want. But I I could see you were you know with him.
3: Yeah. Hey, you give me a sweet sweet contract. I'll do whatever you want.
1: You got the, you got those flowing locks and you look, you look good. I tell you what, what happens if you came out as uh, you know how they did? Um, oh my gosh. Charles Robinson did Ric Flair. What happens if you came out with Matt Hardy? Yeah.
3: Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? Like I thought, I, like I, I had the idea and I posted it one time, like when he was in impact, like when he had, he was just introduced Maxwell. Like what if I came and I was Maxwell or Maxwell from the future? And I got transported back in time because I had to help my dad.
1: Oh my God. That makes total sense.
3: Yes. Part of that ultimate deletion stuff, like time travel, and you are. Yeah, it's it's over the top. It's wacky. I know some people don't like that, but like with the blonde and everything, and like, son, you're from the future. Yes, I am, father. So I think that would be awesome. Like, if I could work with Matt Hardy and do a deletion match, I don't want to have a a regular match with him because, I mean, I like the guy.
1: that much anymore um but a cinematic match it'd be, it'd be awesome that's awesome mm-hmm. dude we this was so much fun yeah is it's, there,
3: a, it's an hour
4: old.
1: i know i tell you what it's uh it just it flows it yes. flows nice like ovaltine which i'm gonna what? have after the show oh my god ovaltine still uh, have it the ovaltine. powder with oh, the wow. milk yeah
3: wow i like tang that's powder and water so. tang yeah. oh my that's god delicious. i, mean, this I love not, this guy he's a liar <laughs> just like, <laughs> what's going on right now they're talking drinks from the 60s um yeah i'll, I'll, I'll have to come on again because we i
1: don't yes.
3: really scratch the surface yes.
1: Would would love to have you back we can talk more superheroes no, more right. comic books and just have some fun talk about the 80s mm-hmm. and uh talk about your good genetics and uh yes. man i tell you what every time i look at somebody who's got a good hairline
3: can't fit it yeah i mean it, 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 i lost a little bit but you know what can you do we you know it happens to us all. Well, I guess we all can't be uh who was, who was a full head of nice hair? Um, uh, what's his name? He was Jack Donaghy on Thirty Rock. Alec, Alec Baldwin. Yes. Very wonderful head of hair.
1: And then John Travolta every other year. Oh, sometimes. He I
3: mean, sometimes he has a head hair, and sometimes he's just completely bald. But, Gosh. Hey, Vinny Barbarino.
1: There you go. I love it.
3: How about uh, it? My, my references are are, are like olive garden breadsticks, never ending.
1: I was gonna say Epstein, baby, yeah, but
3: Epstein, Juan Epstein. <laughs> I, I remember that came on when I was in like sixth grade, not to keep this going, but uh it was like the hit of like yes. my sixth grade year because it came on Nick at ninth I'm like, Mr. Copta you know, I, was like,
1: I love this guy. <laughs> this guy There was a, a mix up at the hospital. He's supposed to be my brother. <laughs>
3: How about it? Man, Yeah, uh, off my case, toilet face.
1: With a rubber hose. Oh.
0: oh. Uh, wow.
1: Where can where can people find you? Where can people find you on social media? Where can they buy the merchandise? All that good stuff.
3: Um, If you want to get a shirt, I was going to show them, but I'll probably have to send you a picture because i have to walk off and get it. burger. Um, I, I do have shirts, and I am a, a certain superhero. And when you look at it, you will immediately know what uh, superhero it is. And they are purple. I was going to get green, but I kind of bought a house, so I can't order green ones right now. Um, <laughs> uh if you want to find that, just message me on Facebook to search for Andy Header. I do have a Twitter now, and nice. uh, it's at get some header. Get it.
0: Ah. Uh,
3: uh, and uh Facebook just type my name. Or it's uh, cool. Instagram rather, just type my name Andy Header. If you send me a message, I can send you a shirt with shipping for twenty dollars. An oh, and I, I do have keychains, I think they're going to be five. It's just my age AH symbol. When I get bandanas, they will be five dollars. I will have pink, orange, green, purple, and blue to match my gear. And they have my my logo on them and they will have eight by tens which i think are gonna be like three or four dollars maybe five at the most but yeah I, I will send you a shirt i do have some blue and gold shirts for the tag even though i'm kind of getting away from that uh, i will sell, send you for twenty dollars shipped which is That's perfect nice. don't go to pressing tees i know to ship a shirt anywhere in the united states it costs 4.95 so yeah. If you want to share, just just add me on any social media and you can send me a message. And if you want to book me, that, that'd that be great. Um, yes, please. You, tell people how they can reach yeah, you to book you. you. Just send me a message on Facebook or my, my email is andasandaus24 at gmail.com. And then I will get back to you post haste. I'm, I'm a little busy right now, but uh I, w- I would love to come to your show. And uh, if you want to book me in Brandon Danielson, I don't want to spend that money. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where you can find me. And uh The Legends of Hamburg con and outbreak show is july 24th at the hamburg field house in hamburg pennsylvania the convention is 10 to 4 i will be there at the outbreak table in the tornado tag podcast which i didn't even plug that i do a wrestling podcast called tornado Tag podcast please check that out um, we will be there uh from 10 to 4 and then later that night at 7 30 the outbreak show starts and i will be in the main again main event sorry geez, i shouldn't stutter here main event against cortez Castro for the outbreak title and hopefully i can win it for a second time so yeah come to that that is july 24th and if you want to just see any shows i'm on just follow me on facebook i share all the flyers i am at ppw um, that's actually next week what's that the 14th uh me versus nolo catano i would defend my WYN 15 channel 15 the king of cable access i would defend my tv title against nolo catano at ppw and uh you see me at rcw you see me at ccw when they run down the harrisburg area but mainly PPW and Outback are the big two, and uh, can't believe frog. Check that out on IWTV.com. Um, it's like a it's a Netflix for indie wrestling. It's wonderful, and I think it's like nine dollars a month. Um, you can watch can't believe frog, and you'll see me on there. And uh, you know, Legends of Hamburg. Make sure you come to that. The Con has a lot of people. Nasty Boys, Jimmy Hart, Dominic Dinucci is even there. Godfather, um, Blue Meanie, Sandman. Lots of people are gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. Come buy a shirt. Come say hello. And uh, that's about it. But thank you, guys, for having me on the podcast. It was a pleasure. It was easy, and I wasn't like, hey, what what's your things of wrestling? Uh,
5: I like wrestling.
3: It is nice. That's so, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. A-
1: Andy, it. thank you for coming on. We mm-hmm. we can't wait to book you again to come on down here. Guys, get his merchandise. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to post all of those links as well so people can, uh, if you want to get a hold of Andy, to go ahead and book him for a show as well. I'll go ahead and put that information up after the show as well. Andy, thank you so much for your time, my friend.
3: All right. Thank you, guys. I will see hey, you take ready. care, Andy. And I'll share this when it comes out.
1: Thank you. Yep. We'll talk to hey, you guys. soon. Yep. Bye. All right. That guy is cool as hell. I love that, that guy.
2: That man is a can of charisma.
1: Oh, my god! Bottled up. The, uh, like, like, we could have won another two, three hours with him. He flows so well when it comes to just talking and just, and he's got a wealth of knowledge, fifteen years of information here when it comes to, um, just so many so many things, um, that he can share with the next generation. So that's very very exciting, man. We ran a little late, we ran a little over, but you know what? That's fine, guys, because at the end of the day, we want to give you as much enjoyable content as possible. That's why this is Future Stars now. Uh, this was the, the, the child, the birth. Rit uh, and I got together and we we birthed together. Um, I'm not really sure. Maybe I was the Lamaze coach and he was birthing. I think that's the way it was. I was the guy. I was the guy holding the picture that tells you how to focus. And you were focus. the one squeezing it out. Yeah, focus. Think... Focus. Sorry. All right, guys. Well, we're going to step out for a short timeout. But when we come back, it's going to be Front Room Material Live. We're going to have the panel. We're going to have the guys. We're going to have all that good stuff. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Too sexy for my love Love's going to leave me Rest in peace I'm too sexy for my shirt Too sexy for my shirt So sexy It hurts Get up too sexy for Milan. Too sexy for Milan. New York and Japan.
5: Take it. Hup. 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 And I'm too sexy for
0: your party. Too sexy for your party. No way. I am disco dancing. I'm a model. You know what I mean. And I
4: do my little turn off. on the cow walk on the cow walk
1: Front row material live. Wow, my microphone was out of place. How unprofessional is that? My goodness. My name is Mike Freeland. Thank you so much for joining us again on another Tuesday evening. Uh, Once again, I'm going to be joined here by my broadcast partner, The Rit. Let me bring him back in here. Ritster, still looking good. How you doing, bud? Not bad. Not bad, Freeland. How about you? Well, let's talk about something here for a second here. Okay? So you're not going to believe this so i go to get my wife her uh, oil change right uh-huh. so i go to get the oil changed and i don't know much about cars i'll be honest with you and i think i t- even i've talked to you about this situation so i go to get her oil changed and i had some concerns about her tires so i go there and they probably see that i'm a i'm a mark so i walk in there and they said all right we'll get you your oil change and uh, Oh, your tires, uh, they probably should be rotated. I said, that's fine. We'll go ahead and rotate the tires. So we got the tires rotated. And he starts coming up with this litany of things that need to be done on the car. And he gives me this bill of like $1,500. And he says, you need like a passenger side control arm, your struts, shocks, four brand new tires, a partridge in a pear tree. And I'm thinking, what in the hell? So anyway... Um, I went ahead and I got, I got the tires they are actually sitting in my living room. I actually went out, bought the tires. They're in my living room. Um, and we're getting that done right now. So we're down to one car right now, but, uh, car problems, man, there, no one is immune to them. You know what I mean? They're always there.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, especially when you don't really know much about cars, you know, man, someone can rip you off in a heartbeat and you would never even know it always go for a second opinion.
1: Yeah. No, so we went to uh a friend of ours. Um she's a school teacher as well, but her husband is the chief mechanic for Honda in their used car department. So every car that is on their used lot runs through him. And uh he said, "Get yourself a right or a passenger side control arm and um get yourself two new tires and you should be fine. And all the other stuff they're just trying to Trying to make money on you because they see you walk in, they know you're a schmo. Exactly, so, and
2: and, and uh, when you and I were talking, I, that's why I said go get a second opinion because it sounded like there was way too
1: much they wanted. Yeah, and he told me he was like, well, he goes the uh, the I, I, I don't know how he said this, like the ball joint on the control arm could break, and then the axle could break, and then the wheel could literally just fall off the car. And I said, well, here I am worried. It's my wife. I'm thinking well, how much time do I have? Like, do I need to do this now? And he's like, well, I would say within a month or two. And I'm thinking, you just told me the car is going to fall apart on the road. You know, like you got to you gotta give me some guidance here. So anyway, long story short, that's, that's being handled. Um, hopefully that control arm won't cost me too much. I think I can find that at, at a lot of places. Yeah, uh, try Rock Auto. Uh, everybody keeps talking about Rock Auto. Order and from that, Rock Auto. And that's not a plug
2: for them, you know, no. but that, that's where I get a lot of my stuff at when I need it.
1: Well, speaking of stuff that I got, so we went to two birthday parties this past weekend. So my nephew was turning four and then, um, our, our friends, one of our close friends, their daughter was turning one. So we were running around to different places, getting gifts for the kids and whatnot. So what do I do? I always make a beeline for the toy department. And I don't know if you checked out on social media, but this was just dumb luck, just dumb, ridiculous luck because I get skunked all the time. And what do I get? I find Nick and Matt Jackson. What is series? What series is this? Series three? This is series three. I don't even know what I don't. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Series three. Series three. So is that the most up to date version of them? Uh, No, there's
2: like Series 5 that has them out and another set of outfits.
1: Nice. Well, I found them, and it was funny because we were supposed to be getting gifts for the children, and I'm spending $40 just on me.
2: Well, well, Freeland, speaking of gifts, I was doing a little shopping this weekend myself up there in Boston. Up in Boston? Did you run into Matt Damon? No, no. But, uh, bam.
1: what? Shut up. Shut up. How did you what? Stop it. How did you find that? What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't be pulling my crank. Don't be playing with my crank. Well, I mean, you can if you want. What? Courtesy going to you. You tell me, you tell me how much and and I, I I'll I'll uh whatever they Phone pay people, dude. Uh, how did you find that stuff? I can't find that anywhere.
2: I found it at a comic collectible shop. Well, I tell you what, you are a fine man. It, you said that I was only joking when I sent you the picture of uh, Sophie, and then you're like, "Hey,
1: I already got Sophie,
2: and I, I got, so- got yep.
1: and Rose. I got Sophia and Rose. Yep. So and I'm I, like, ha-
6: huh?
1: I needed Blanche and Dorothy you can't even see my Sophia because it's there you go my, my rolls covering it there she is man but now you got all four now I got all four now I feel like uh, okay collecting the and I paint them I don't put the plants in them I paint them to like a bust like a like a major league baseball bust and then I display it and I'll go ahead and, and get those last two painted and I'll, I'll show you the see oh that's amazing dude Thank you for being a friend, Freeland. Oh, what? <laughs> you just tied it in there like a nice little bow. My gosh, I don't know what. To... Now I have to do something. I got to do something for for the Riddler now because he's such a good dude. Well, so... well Freeland, if you want to do something for me, what one... I told you, I know Jonathan Pappelbon, didn't I? No,
2: you don't know pa- Jonathan Pappelbon. Are you serious,
6: Papsy? No, oh, yeah.
2: Well, we got to have to talk a little bit afterwards about that. But uh, oh, yeah. one, I want to thank you for doing a great job on Friday for the A.A.W. pre and pre show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a pre show. And then I got a text message and they said, we'll keep going. So I did a huge closeout, and then all of a sudden, like five minutes later, it's just my ass back on the screen. We're back. We're <laughs> going to talk more.
2: Breaking news. Breaking news.
1: The matches but, have not started. But yes, that it was a lot of fun. It was and, a lot of fun. And, and
2: I, w- I wanted to thank you for, for being there because, of course, I double booked myself, of all people, you know, for the whole thing. And I did not want to miss that opportunity with AAW. You know, they've got a great show coming next month. They have Eddie Kingston coming back. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa. Yes. You know, they're newly crowned
1: women's and world champions. Yes. Are going to be there. Fred Fred Yehai, who defeated Mance Warner in a a steel cage match. We're excited about that. Also, AK-47, Allison Kay, who obviously was with Impact Wrestling as well. She'd done some stuff uh, in other promotions with WWE. She's now their champion. She defeated Chris Statlander. Um, AAW has so many things that are going on right now. I'm so, so excited. Um, If you have not gotten a chance, please go ahead and check the replay out. I believe you can still get it on Fight. Um, and if you want to see the the, the pre-show, the uh, the free for all, my my homage to Todd Pettingale on the TV Guide channel, if you're old enough to remember that, uh, it is on this channel. There's two uh, two videos where we run down all the video packages of all the matches. But you know what, Ritzster, we are going to do it bigger, badder, better than ever for the next pay-per-view. So next pay-per-view, we might not just have one, we might not have two. We might have a three- or a four-person panel. It's going to be good. More, So many things are happening right now with you and I. It's ridiculous. But, and I want to let everybody know, Call to Beardo will be
2: back this week, Thursday, at... Let me check one time. What time? What time? I'm in the morning. Is Beardo, in the morning. is Beardo
1: himself going to be back?
2: Anyways...
1: <laughs> no sell on that one, so I guess that PM. means we
2: don't know. 8 p.m. Cult of Beardo will be there, and why you say it's only going to be for one hour? Freeland,
1: tell him why. Because we have ourselves another special, special evening lined up. uh We have another big—I guess it's a what they call it—a front row material exclusive. A Front yes. Row material exclusive. More information on that. I will be releasing all the details about that, but that will be happening Thursday as well. That will be happening 9 o'clock. I'm going to keep you in suspense, so I'm going to tweet it out after the show goes off the air. But 9 to 10, we will be going live on this very Twitch channel with a very, very special guest from down under. I'm coming G- from the land down under. Goodbye, Mike. You better run. You better take cover. <laughs> And speaking of taking cover, yes. let, let's get to the panel. Let's just get to him right now. Coming in first, he's a resident professional wrestler. He's cool. He's calm. He's collected. And he has more Twitch followers than I do. His name is Moondog Murray. What's going on, buddy? Howdy, woogie, woogie. There he is. There's the boogeyman.
6: So that's we're talking about AEW figures. Yes. Uh-oh. Series Uh-oh. 4 is finally starting to make an appearance. Whoa. There he is.
1: So you take them out of the package. So you're 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 about the Lucys, right?
6: Yep. Because wow. what it's let it's more room for more figures, and I like True. to pose them for good. photography and shit. So there That's you go. That's a
1: Good point. That's a good point. I usually take good. mine in the tub too. So don't do it, oh. Freeland. Don't do it.
6: <laughs> I, I don't recommend that unless you're giving them a figure bath, which Ooh. occasionally you got to do that.
1: Go to give your. <laughs> got to give your figures a figure bath no I'm I'm gonna leave mine in the boxes right now see see here's the thing Moondog is way more creative than I am I'm just gonna have like a big display case so I got a specific toothbrush
6: for cleaning figures too wow (laughs) Uh, uh, just put it in soapy water take the brush and get the dirt off man uh, I seen
2: I seen this one person a whole room extravagant figures loose everywhere Uh, and then they had like rings, the barricades, the entrances, oh, and, and and they keep and they kept switching up, like, you know, depending on different days, like like matches. And I'm like, who has time for all this?
1: I'd love to do that. I just don't have room for. It. <laughs> How did you? Hey, let me ask you this: Did you have a Castle Grayskull with like the He-Man characters? Either one of you guys? Yeah. I wish I had it six. now. I wish I had it now too, because worth mm-hmm. a lot of money. And then a Hall of Justice. No, never had that one.
6: I've had play sets, but not not those.
1: Yeah, those things from when you're a kid, they're a lot of money nowadays. I mean, man. Uh right. I, wh- I personally would love the uh the aircraft
2: carrier from uh G.I. Joe. That thing's Hell like yeah. like mint, hard to find, can't get it, and it's worth more than
6: your house. Oh,
2: well, my AEW action figures.
6: Yes.
1: Wow wow well we'll keep our eyes out i'm a big flea market guy i like to go to flea markets and check stuff out so that's where you find deals it is where you find deals you're right well i tell you what before he falls asleep let's go ahead and bring him on he's the guy who makes sure everyone stays in line we call him the ass man (laughs) Mm. don't call him butt buddy at least just not yet his name is christopher bud what's going on there buddy
5: this is it gentlemen just enjoying the show I missed the first little bit, I was busy, just here to spend my evening with you.
1: Well, it's good to see you, my friend, you're looking sharp, as the kids would say, you're on, your beard's on fleek, and I'm going to check with Moondog, can I still say that, am I still cool enough to say that?
6: Beard does on fleek, sure. On
1: fleek, yeah, there we go. See, Moondog is hip and he's young, and uh, Rich just turned 40, so it's not really going to work for him too well. Uh-uh, I'm the same age as Meg's. Oh, Meg's so, forty-two. No, she's not. Wait a minute, Meg's is not thirty-nine. Wow. And tomorrow's our anniversary. But, Butster, how you? How you been? What's life like? Uh, what's new?
5: Uh, things are good. Um, working. Haven't had much downtime since I got back from holidays. Unfortunately, I've been working. I had Sunday off. No typical Sunday. Play around in the woodshop a little bit.
1: Nice. That's
5: about it. Haven't lost any fingers, so that's good. That's very good.
1: Well, somebody who doesn't lose fingers, but he does hang out in his garage a lot. Let's go ahead and bring him on in here. He's our, our, our resident. Uh, what should we call him? He's our resident. What? See, Moondog's our Kay resident.
6: K. Kay- oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Let's bring him. Oh, he doesn't even look happy about that. <laughs> He's going to go off. His name is, oh, yeah, Mr. Savage. But you're going by B. Arthur today. Yeah, it's to mock your shirt. I appreciate that. What was your name last week? It was like... Uh, Sexton Hardcastle. Sexton Hardcastle. God darn it. That's tremendous. You, uh, so, You almost made it through the whole name. I, I almost did. I'm just so juvenile. Um, So if I do happen to refer to you as Sexton at some point in time, are you okay with that? I don't know who that is. Ah, ah, ha, 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 ha. You know, selling son of a bitch. Oh man. So, so tell us what's new with you. How's life been? Give us the rundown. What's been going on with you since last time we talked? Same old chip. Yeah. How's yep. Canada?
7: Uh it's still going. Uh <laughs> you know, it's still around. Uh, I, you
1: know, yeah, yeah, it's still here. Um, any more updates on the lockdown? Uh, well, I think
7: Bud can back me up on this, but I think it's like stage three.
5: Is oh my oh, god! Yeah. Hold on, His hold on! Are going out. Breaking news we're right losing. now. We're no. Losing power here.
1: No, you're not. It is a poltergeist that's <laughs> going no, on right I'm now.
5: Seriously, we got a big thunder lightning storm going. Oh on. Oh my yep. god! I might lose power.
7: Yeah, we only have one generator for the whole country. So, man, we're, we're going <laughs> to screw right now.
5: Yeah, so, it's not good.
7: Yeah, wow. I, we're in like, uh, I think we're going to stage three of our reopening plan. Of course, there's no stage four announced because they haven't said a jack shit. So I don't know what the fuck that means. But it's like, <laughs> I think we're allowed indoor dining as of like next week or, or this week or something. I don't Saturday.
4: know.
7: Yeah. Do you have to indoor wear a helmet dining.
1: And, and mask or No.
5: Liam needs to wear a helmet, but that's for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: Only want to ram into you. <laughs>
0: oh my god!
1: Oh, this is true. Trama- so, with indoor dining, so what's the deal? Do you have to be masked up still, or what? I guess so. I have no
7: fucking clue. Yeah,
5: you even if, even if you're like really, table.
7: Yeah, even if you're fully vaccinated,
1: you still have to wear a mask everywhere. So that is ridiculous. Oh, Why well, is going out again? Hey, yeah. either, either lights are going, if if all of a sudden the lights go down, the lights come back up and Alister Black shows up,
5: <laughs> holy crap, man. Yeah, I'm not sure how long I'll be on tonight, unfortunately,
1: gentlemen. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and let's kind of get right into it here. Uh, this is around the horn. The points do not count. We just arbitrarily talk about topics, and at the end of the night, I may or may not pick a winner, depending on if I remember by the end of the night. With that being said, let's go into our first topic. dun da da. Mr. Orndorff, Oof. Mr. Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, passes away at 71. Um, it is, this has been kind of an ongoing thing for the last, I don't know, month-ish now. It, it first started out with a video that we saw posted by his son, where it appeared that uh, Paul was in an assisted living facility. Um, it was the salt and pepper uh, video, if you remember that. Um And his son was asking him about wrestling. Did he remember wrestling? I think we talked about that on the panel, how we we felt that it was very much not needed to be done. Um, If he wanted to update the fans on how his dad was doing, send a tweet out, send a flattering picture, maybe a family photo or something, but you don't need to do a video where it shows a family member in a compromised situation. Um, And then we ended up getting an update on Paul and it showed him I think with a haircut, and he was sitting on the couch at, at someone's house drinking a beer, and it seemed like things were were getting better, and then shortly after that, we found out uh, that he had passed away, so let's go ahead and first throw it to Moondog. Let me ask you this. Does it ever worry you you're in a business where the brutality and this and that could shorten your life? I mean, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but it, it just seems to be kind of par for the course.
6: Yeah, it's such his life, unfortunately, especially with wrestlers. At least he made it to 70. Uh, some of his peers didn't even make it to 60. Yeah. Or, or were barely in their 60s. And some of them made a very sad fact that all of Hogan's WrestleMania poems from one through six are gone. Wow.
1: So, Holy cow.
6: Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Orndorf may have been the oldest one out of all of them. May- yeah, because he was the last one. To pass away. Yeah. Um, no, but Orndorff, even before well, like I first started getting into DVD collecting and the network and such, going back to watch Paul Orndorf stuff, it's fucking great. His WCW stuff is underrated as hell. And uh, for sure, that guy was great. And I love the uh, cheesy WCW wonderful theme. And it's so good that in 2014 for that Hogan celebration... They had him come out to that. We had the huge fucking mustache. it came out on the yes. road. Yes, that was great. And he milked it. He milked it the whole time too. <laughs> you could tell. So uh, thankfully, when I think about Paul Orndorff, I have smiles because dude was so fucking good. Yeah, sure. no,
1: I agree completely. It's it's just it stinks because it seems like every so often we end up getting that horrible update on our Twitter feed that something has happened um did anybody ever notice how when something when someone's trending they always post that denzel washington uh meme where he's like holding his chest like this from the movie fallen and he's like oh Yeah. yeah so whenever i see that and i see someone trending i i i get very apprehensive about reading uh anymore because it just stinks um we're going to go to Mr. Butt. what's your take on, uh, it seems like the whole Mr. Wonderful thing happened so fast. It was like, we found out things weren't going well. We see the video. Then we get the idea that things are getting a little bit better. And then almost immediately after that, it, it seems like we got the news and it was just heartbreaking.
5: Heartbreaking for sure. I mean, it was part of a lot of our childhood, um, I remember watching when I was a, a young fella, but I don't remember it well. Unfortunately, I wish I did. Uh, but the thing is, with dementia, it's scary, and it, I, I don't know a lot about it. I know a little bit about it, and they kind of have ups and downs. From the little bit that I know, you could be half decent today and not be doing too well tomorrow. Type thing. It's just devastating. It, it's heartbreaking. You know, I mean, the poor guy, I can only imagine what he went through towards the end, not knowing what was going on, didn't know up from down or anything else. It, it's yeah. just hurt, Just hurt on your heart.
1: No, no, I'm with you 100%. It's, uh, it seems like it's one of those things that you just, you're never prepared for, no matter how much you know somebody has been injured or struggling. Once that final announcement comes out, it just, it still takes you for a loop. Uh Liam, let me ask you this. You're a connoisseur big time. I mean, wrestling collection and watching stuff. Um, Did you think, I mean, you had to have known that that this was not going to end the way we wanted it. But did you think it was going to happen this quickly?
7: Uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think it was because he looked rough. We all know he looked rough. Uh, Anybody saw the video, at least. Um, Just, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell from pictures necessarily. You'd say that's someone that's in their 70s. I mean, you know. The way the way it goes, I guess, but uh, yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell it gets to a certain point, and you're thinking to yourself, you get that gut feeling like, yeah, it's probably not too long, and it's sad, but um, you know, he was one of the first uh wrestlers I remember seeing when I was a kid, like one of my first memories was seeing him uh like it was like him and Kamala, basically, those were the first two wrestlers I ever have a distinct memory of. Um, but he was great. He was a he was a great heel. Uh, I don't know, if maybe not so much of a of a baby face when he sided with Hogan and all that. But you know, whatever. Um, but he was great. He had a excellent pile driver. He had one of the best I've seen since uh, like him and Jerry Lawler, maybe one and one A and one B. Um, but you know what? He contributed a lot to the business. He had a great career. Uh, he was in the territory system, WWF, WCW you know all over the place and um, it's just sad it got to this point uh, especially since our like the last memory a lot of us are going to have is of that video and yes. if none of us had, if if none of us had seen that video then i mean it would have been something where we would have just kind of had a better reflection on him um, upon his passing but it's you know it, it's unfortunate that had to come out around the time they passed
1: yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. It's one of those things that just, it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate all the way around when you see all of this stuff happening and you're like, oh God. And yep. I, I mean, I think we we saw and we kind of had an idea that this probably was going to lead to us getting some news that we didn't want to hear. But um, yeah, just not good. I, especially we hear that and then obviously we hear the news about Terry Funk and how he is not doing well. It's just, it's it's like a gut punch. It's like, um, I tell people, you know, if you ever want to hear one of the best speeches, if you've never heard it, it is any given Sunday, Al Pacino in the locker room. He talks about life and how life is like football, and he gives the analogies. But, I mean, it is more about a life speech, and it is so good. And I have listened to that so many times, but one of the points that he makes is, you know, in, in life... The older you get, you you lose things. That's just that's just the nature of life. Um and it's it's so true when you think about the things that you've lost, family members, people that you admired growing up as a kid, and you start to realize that you are continuing to age and it's just the natural process, but it's a very difficult process. Um I knew people who, when I was in college, had never been to a funeral before. Yeah. And I was and they said, Well, I don't know what to do. And and it's just like Count yourself, you're very fortunate that you you didn't have to encounter some of that stuff. Um, but it no matter what age you you get hit with this stuff, it, it's not easier. You know, when people say, well, at least you're an adult. I mean, yeah, but still as an adult, it still messes with you. Um, nope. But anyway, um, our condolences, our thoughts go out to Paul Orndorff's family and all of his fans around the world. It's um, It should be a celebration of life is really what it should be. So that's my... That's my take on that. Um, What's your take on the whole Mr. Wonderful situation now that we've kind of seen how the whole thing played out and it's like, oh, wow, this is uh, this was this was a lot different than most of them where we heard that someone had passed away because we knew that there was a lot of substance abuse or whatnot. We really didn't hear that with Paul.
2: Uh, Well, one, you know, Liam hit a pretty good point where. Heck, I never seen the video. I refused to watch it. So my memories of him are, you know, of his wrestling career. And one of my fondest memories of him was, you know, WrestleMania 1's main event. You know, him and Piper, Mr. T and, and Hogan. And th- that that's what I remember him as, you know. Th- that video, th- there's this, we talked about it before, you shouldn't release stuff like that. You know, that it's degrading and why would you ever want somebody to, you know, be remembered like that is but mind boggling to me. And I I'm really glad that I never watched that
1: video and I I probably never will. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't, don't blame you. I don't blame don't don't do it. Not even nope. not even worth your time.
5: I haven't um, seen it. I won't. Nope, not,
1: no. not even worth watching Um, So many things going on here So I do want to uh, address everybody who's come in to join us in the chat tonight Mitchie Blaze, Jim McMahon, I think he's still in the hotel room uh, Travis Bohab, what's going on everybody? ECW fan, so good to see you as well uh, Who else is in the chat with us tonight? Um, bup, bup, bup. I'm scrolling through here Obviously the Boogster, Shell Shock Nation <laughs>
6: That'd be me yeah, uh, Jim. Um, Jim was actually the one who uh, grabbed me. Uh, I didn't realize you guys were an hour into the show, and Jim's like, "Yo, the fucking show's on!" Cuz <laughs> <laughs> cuz I, 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 called my stream the pre-show. I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so we raided like right as you guys were ending the interview. <laughs> like, oh man. <laughs>
1: hey, you know what? I'm late half the time. Sometimes I'm 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 not even here till halfway through a conversation. So you know what? Don't feel bad at all.
6: So shout out to Jim.
1: (laughs) Yes. Good job, Jim. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Love it. Um, So with that being said, let's kind of move on to uh, another topic that I thought was interesting. Um, Interesting. And, and just, I guess the big word here is disappointing. mm. And that is no punishment is going to be levied down for Jimmy Uso. So for those of you who've been following the situation, uh, Jimmy Uso had gotten arrested About a week ago, uh, down in Florida, uh, for another DUI, and we were all expecting there to be some type of ramification to come down from this, because that's what WWE typically does. Uh, And there wasn't one, and there was some information that had been released from WWE saying that no punishment was going to come down because he is involved in a very, very important storyline angle uh, that he's a crucial element to. Um, You know, I... I've said before my piece on this, and I think we all have. I do not care what storyline you got going on right now. Um, their whole campaign to be a star and do the right thing and all this kind of stuff, it almost falls on deaf ears when you literally are now putting business ahead of other people. Some people made some great comments about Rob Van Dam and what had happened with him with the championship. So let's kind of draw some parallels if we can here to, oh, this is what happened with Jimmy. Nothing's happening. But yet there are things that happened with other people, and they got uh, levied some harsh punishments pretty quick. Let's go to uh, Moondog first. What's your take on this?
6: Well, the guy's had, fuck, seems like uh, him getting a DUI. It's a, it's, isn't this like his third or fourth? I believe it's his third. Yeah, because I remember. I remember back in 2013 when he got arrested, And then when he got arrested again, and then he got arrested for a non-DOI thing, but again, there was his mugshot, and then he gets arrested again through the past eight years. It's like, so I I don't want to talk shit, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you got issues.
1: Yeah,
4: he Um, does.
6: And the problem is, if you're driving that much and you get caught three times, who's to say you're driving just those three times? You're probably driving more. Absolutely. Uh, you just didn't get caught, which right. thankfully, when he's been caught, he didn't hit anybody, he didn't cur- kill anybody. But I think after the storyline, I hope they send him to AA or send him some sort of rehab of some kind, tell him, hey, you got to get better or else... You know, because look at um, Umaga, their uncle, yep. when yep. Um, they said, look, you, you got a pill problem. Umaga's like, I no, I don't. And they're like, okay, well... And they released him, and of course he dies a few months later, which is just tragic. So I don't don't, don't want the same thing to happen. Which, obviously, totally different situations, but I hope it doesn't happen to Jimmy, because that'd be terrible for him to get let go, and then God forbid something happened to him. Because fucking the Usos are legit one of the best tag teams in probably wrestling. Not just WWE. So, I would hate for this to be the reason they get broken up, or... um, them just and such because they are legit a really, really good, great tag team. And it sucks. You got to separate the art from the artist, but in this case... Uh, oh. Kind of hard to. Yeah. Uh,
1: we're going to go to the chat here. Um, uh, My World Order says any other guy would have gotten canned. Uh, that's a very true statement. I think a lot of people would have been uh, Mitchie Blaze goes ahead and says RVD was pulled over for like that 15 minutes away from me. And his uh, it's obviously his run got cut short. He had two t- titles and, and they were both dropped within a very short period of time two days. That is unfreaking believable. Um, let's see here. Uh, Boogster writes in, anybody heard they didn't punish him? because of The Rock. Uh,
6: I saw that rumor, too. That apparently, he made, he called them up and said, don't punish him or something like that. I don't know how true that is. I don't know.
1: But well, it's a rumor, uh, you know what? Uh, sometimes rumors are with wrestling, like Jim uh, Ross says, goes together like peanut butter and jelly, but where there's smoke, there's fire, and they're all family, and he holds a lot of stroke right now, and they're talking about bringing him back because – the business might not be doing so well with WWE. So I'm sure there's a little. bring like
6: the rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's something might that well.
1: I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I said, might as well. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> um, it, Jim McMahon brings up a really great point. Here's the one it says If any of us got a DUI, you'd expect your employer to fire you. Uh, they would have every right to, they'd have every grounds to, um, depending on how your HR is, is, is worked. But it's just like, Listen, I don't think he's a bad person, but sometimes good people do bad things. And I think you have to be able to separate that. Um, And I think more than scolding or anything like that, he needs help. However, with that being said, there still has to be some type of punishment or whatever uh, levied to, to let him know that this can't happen. This is bad PR for the company. This company doesn't need any more bad PR. Um, everything that they've gone through so far most recently, and, and obviously the settlement that they had with the shareholders, with the Saudi Arabia situation, that didn't go over well. So uh, the Ritzster, what's what's on your thoughts here?
2: Well, hey, picture this. 2001, WWE, Eddie Guerrero. DUI. Oh. Three yep. days yep. later, the man's fired. So how can, if you have equal opportunity employer... Hey, if you fire one guy 3 days later, fire the next guy 3 days later. But Eddie went and checked himself into a rehab. You know, what for help is 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 uh Jimmy, you know, going to. You 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 can't go to all these meetings, you know, when you're on the road traveling. So that that just sends a really horrible uh signal to people that says WWA says you're a hey, you're in a big storyline A okay to drink and drive we're, we're hire you we'll keep you you know it's ridiculous you know be a man tell them hey if it's my job that's on the line I don't care I need help I'm stepping away for a while and there's no storyline that is gonna be the savior of, you know savior of the company you know for WWE no one storyline. But Jimmy Uso can be a savior of someone if he stays off the road when he's drinking.
1: Yeah. Well, and and think about it from this perspective too. You could turn this into a very positive thing, meaning – you know, he could be a spokesperson for younger people and just say, hey, guys, you know, sometimes life gets crazy and your emotions are everywhere. But please, please be careful and, and, and don't go down these roads. I mean, he could be somebody that people younger people look at and, and he's in a position to do that. Let's just hope the people around him um, put him in the right position to succeed, to heal, but most importantly, not to endanger anybody else. Um." Well, well, Trinity
2: Fatu, you know, got was getting bullied on social media for the whole thing. She, That's she deleted, fucked up. She yeah, she deleted her Twitter account, you know, over the situation.
6: Yeah.
5: There was no need of that. That was Fuck,
6: fuck those people. Uh, yeah, they could get wrong. Kicked, kicked by a horse for all I care. Fuck them. Why, why is that, though? I mean,
1: it's a dumb question for me to ask. I mean, why do we have these trolls out there who, for whatever reason, anytime.
5: Because their dick is
1: small and they're bored.
5: So There's nothing better doing or living in their parents' basement than being an asshole.
1: They just want to bring other people down. It's yep. just like, why?
5: Their life sucks. So, see if I can piss somebody else off, make somebody else miserable. They're yep. just scumbags.
1: Yep. No, I agree with you 100%. You know, something interesting I, I wanted to say, and I know not everybody was a fan of his um, when we bring up the the discussion of Enzo Amore. However, I will say this, regardless if you like him, you don't like him, you think he's talented, you don't think he's talented, whatever the case may be, he not never got his day in court. He never got a chance to let this thing play out. There was an accusation that was yeah. made. It added up to a – to a uh, if I can steal a phrase from a, a former politician, a nothing burger, and he got fired for that, and it's like – it seems like there is different sets of rules for different people, and it, it – I don't know. It bothers me because we can't look at this company and hold them in respect in regard for the way they handle social situations. When there is a litany of times they have completely contradicted themselves. And it's, it's right there. I mean, you, you can't deny it. So, um, wild. yeah, I don't
6: know. It's not even uh, just WWE. It's wrestling in general, I feel like, too.
5: But what's the image it portrays? Hey, get tanked up and drive. We don't care. Exactly. we to put you on TV.
4: It's stupid.
5: The image it portrays is terrible. They don't have the greatest image to begin with, some of the stuff. Then you put that out. Especially when considering what was part of their gimmick one time, Uso Penitentiary. He keeps fucking drinking and driving, he's going to end up in the Uso Penitentiary. Right. Like it's it's ridiculous. You gotta be punished. How far do you go with it, do you gas them? I don't know. I mean, you never wanna see somebody lose their job. Suspend them send him to rehab, do something. He can't keep going like this. How's that going to look? Heaven forbid, you know, on whatever news you watch, comes across the ticker bottom, you know, Uso tanked up, runs over, somebody kills him. Yeah, Maybe, right. Well, you know, we could have sent him to rehab, but he was in a in a big program, and that trumps it. That person's dead, but nah, shit happens. I don't know. It's there are bigger things than the program. I get it. They've invested in it. They need it to pay off.
1: Mm. Oh, oh, hold it! Hold it! Hold oh. it! We're going live to the butt. Is he? Is he froze now?
6: Yeah, he's gone.
1: Is that? Is the, oh my god! Wow! Oh <laughs> my goodness! I'm I'm leaving this up here. I love how
6: this podcast can jump in tone. One minute we're talking about something serious, and the next second we're laughing at each other being idiots. (laughs) Well, because at the end of the day, that's what this is about. It's about wrestling fans. It's
1: a fan show, having fun, talking about stuff, but yet also incorporating our own views on life itself and how we feel. And I think people like that. Liam,
2: I have one question I need you to do. Take that picture of the butt. And then put Aleister Black in the background. Oh,
7: the tall order, Mister. I
2: don't
6: know, <laughs> man.
1: Oh, he just—he's gone. Oh, mm-hmm. it just—it just, it just kind of jumped off the screen here. So, um, anyway, so no punishment for Jimmy U. So, what's going to happen? Maybe when the storyline ends or whatever, they'll take him off or whatever. Um, WWE just to me is is a rudderless ship. I mean, and and. For everybody who continues to support this company, I... I'm confused. I don't understand. Yes? Um, I i don't...
7: I think the one thing that's kind of uh, funny is that um, Roman Reigns, back when... Uh, remember the Universal Title Tournament when it was first... Yes. Uh, ...started? He got uh, suspended for 30 days for violation of the drug policy. So... A lot of people then they were like, wow, Roman Reigns? He's like the number one or two star right now. He got, uh, he got let go for 30 days. But Jimmy Uso, who is a bit player in
1: the major role on SmackDown, is coming back. Doesn't make any sense, does it? No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't make sense. You, you cannot follow the logic. Um, and like I said before, y- y- okay, your whole Be A Star campaign means nothing at this point. Be a oh, star. look at it this
7: way look at it this way see this i drink this at home i drink this at home I don't yeah. go into the car and, and drink it and drive down the road and the the guy like i i, I get he's got problems obviously he's an alcoholic obviously he's an alcoholic there's nothing we need to figure out there but you can still make a decision not to get behind the wheel if you're right. an alcoholic that's that's fine then be an alcoholic at home you know or walk down the street if you have to but i mean like getting behind the wheel. I mean, I have no sympathy for that guy. He knows what he's doing. I get he's got a problem, but you know what? Like He he still is sober at some point and then decides to drink and then decides to think, oh, you know what? I'll go for a ride. Uh, Anybody could have been on the road that could have got hit or killed. There could have been a pedestrian. Uh, This is stuff I really want WWE to think about. I'm sure they had thought about it, but you know what? For some reason... I'm thinking they're probably just going to get through this storyline and then something will happen to him because it should be three strikes you're out. If he gets treatment and he's good for like a year or something, bring him back but only give him one chance and that's it. But I got no sympathy for this guy. He's approaching like Nick Gage levels of stupid right now. So,
1: <laughs> and that's pretty fucking stupid. I, I, you know what? I love, I love how you are able to draw these parallels. Yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that dig I gotta oh. shit talk that
7: guy whenever I can. That guy's a fucking loser.
1: From, <laughs> from zero to Nick Gage. Goodness gracious. Um below zero. Yeah. I I wanted to bring this up as well because I thought this was interesting. Um Buddy Murphy recently gave an interview, a very extensive interview, and you can read some of the transcripts over at Wrestling Inc., our good buddies Raj Geary. <laughs> Um, there is a great, great article, and I'm actually on their site as we speak. Let me see if I can pull it up and tell you who the author was because I read it, and it was so good. So the main gist of what was going on here was Buddy Murphy was very frustrated. He was very confused. Um, he felt like he was never really clued into what was happening, and he found out through the sheet writer's when some storylines that he was involved in were going to be axed. And he said he went backstage at one of the um, tapings or one of the shows and actually ran into Bruce Pritchard and said, hey, um, is it true that this angle is being dropped? Um, I, I, I've heard it on the internet. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's, it's dropped. And he said, I heard it from the internet, and then it was confirmed by my boss – the person that's in charge of creative and he continued to say in the interview and you can read the transcripts but they would just feed him stuff he said to keep him happy they would tell him things that they knew that he would like just to stop him from asking more questions um wanting to find out more about what was going on there was questions about was he then going to be put back with Seth Rollins he was talking to Seth Um, And then he was wanting to find out if there was going to be more with the Ray and Dominic uh, Mysterio storyline. He said he felt very uncomfortable with the kiss he had to do. Uh, He said he did not want to do that at all. And at the end of the day, it was just. They'll tell you whatever you want to hear just to stop you from asking more questions. Let me ask you this question. And once again, this is going to be a dumb question, but. Are we surprised by this or do you think that people are starting to realize very quickly that you're never truly going to get a straight answer out of anyone from that company? Let's go to Moondog first.
6: That's nothing new in wrestling in general. I actually just finished Chris Jericho's first book and he talked about how Heyman and ECW and Bischoff and WCW would say shit to, uh, keep them happy. And, uh, such because like Jericho will be like, oh, I don't know, and then they are like, oh, don't worry, I got I got all these plans for you. See, this, that, and the other. And it would make Jericho, oh, okay, cool. And then it'd be good for like a couple of weeks, and then he realizes, okay, this isn't happening. What's uh what's happening? What's going on? So it's another thing that's not really uh exclusive to WWE, but at the same time it still sucks that uh here you are, you know, you're this talent and you you have you're pretty fucking good and you're told, hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, just to shut you up and get you away. So then when the time comes where you're supposed to get something and it doesn't happen, you're like, Well what the fuck? <laughs> so uh, it's almost sometimes it's better when you can just leave places like that and just go somewhere else because Apparently they, they have nothing for you and are just telling you shit just to get just to get you away from them. So that's not a sign of uh that's not that's not a good sign for uh especially if you're working in that place. So I'm sure buddy Murphy wherever he lands will have a good um well he he'll be fine. So Does anybody
1: else think about this? Do do you think and and this is a question I've been wondering myself. I'll go to, to the Ritzster first real quick here. Ritz, do you think people will look at WWE differently? Do you think at some point in time with the indies uh, getting hot again with great promotions? Let's just use one, for example, AAW, which is a great, great promotion. Do you think that people will eventually decide I can make more money working on the indies than I do working for a WWE when I'm not necessarily used all the time? And why do I want to work in an environment where I may or may not get used? And time just runs away from me. And my career is just basically sitting on the sidelines. You're you're, you're muted.
2: I knew that. I was was testing you, Freeland. Uh Uh-huh. You passed with flying colors. (laughs) God. Uh, But, uh, no, with the innings getting hot, uh, Moondog is would probably sit there and give his opinion a little bit better. But me personally, I would rather have variety on the indies and you know make those paydays at my own leisure, get exposure on multiple platforms across multiple uh you know states where I know what I'm doing. I'm going there for this match. Okay, they might have me want to be have me book for three or four months. And this is what they want. This is where we're going. And, you know, don't have to worry about it again. Where in WWE, okay, we're going to bring you in hot, a.k.a. Keith Lee. You're going to have two or three good angles. And then afterwards, okay, we are just, you know, put you back down to, you know, this place. You know, and not use you. Or WWE is just going to sign you so no one else has to go about and book you that's why in that aspect i love aew where they say okay we're going to you know have you on our roster but go out and still make a living you know if you if if you get x y or z wants to book you for this or that go do it you know we're not going to micromanage you you know what you can and can't do you know don't go out and do crazy shit, and you know, j- just make a living. WWE doesn't want to do that. And you and I were talking, Freeland. Was it yesterday? You know, everybody's talking about WWE's big contracts. You look. You look at the end of the day, WWE pays you X amount of dollars, but what all do you have to pay out of pocket? Car rental, hotels,
4: yep, food, you Dreams.
2: know trans, all that. But at the end of the day, are you really making as much money as you would in a MLW at a AEW? You know, where they do more tapings and their their schedule is a little bit lighter. I bet you not. And to get you know merchandise, good lord, you know, it is hard as heck to get any merchandise at all in that company. You know, Liv Morgan's been around for how long, and she just just got, you know, what a year ago her first T-shirt.
1: It's crazy. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you one hundred percent. It's um, hey Freeland, I hate to
2: interrupt you, but this guy here, Damian. Every time I watch a Raw or SmackDown, it's kind of like how Ric Flair and Sting felt as Nitro ended. Thank God it's over. The only bad part is you're going to have another one next week.
1: <laughs> It'll be back again. Um yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. it, we talked about this before, you know, some people why would you not want to go to a WWE? And you know, we saw a couple people who wanted to stay with their own home promotion, maybe that would be Ring of Honor or maybe an MLW or maybe even an Impact And at the end of the day, maybe they decided that because they want to stay away from all the bullshit and all the bureaucracy and maybe they feel comfortable and and maybe it is being a smaller fish in a smaller pond or being a big fish in a smaller pond. But at the end of the day, if you are not the type of personality that likes to deal with all that crap and if you're in a place that it's just like teaching. Okay, if you're in a good school, it's got a, a good foundation, good principal, good assistant principal, good teachers. You might not make as much as you would if you got hired on to school B, but you like it there. They like you. It's not all about money. I mean, yes, money is important, but your your sanity, your enjoyment level of it, the people that you work with um, day in and day out, you're going to have to be in the trenches with these people. So, yeah, a few bucks difference here or there, but up here, are you happy okay. in here?
2: Hey, Freeland, if it was all about money, you and I wouldn't be sitting here.
1: This is true. We haven't made a damn dime. Not a dime. Even, you know, nothing. Haven't made a penny. Haven't made a penny.
2: I could make a penny if I sold Book this shirt.
1: You could sell him that shirt. What size is that shirt? Oh, I
2: know where you're going with this. Just tell me. (laughs) Just
1: tell me. What size is that shirt? 2X. Bullshit. You are so full of bullshit. No, that's,
2: (laughs) that's mine. It's a 2X.
1: Oh, where's the 5X?
2: Anyways, next topic, Freeland.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, moving on to our next topic. Alistair Black has debuted in AEW. Some people are excited about this. Some people are not. For everybody who's not exactly sure or familiar with the situation, let me catch up on this one. So last week, uh, Arn Anderson was out talking to Tony Schiavone in the ring, and he was – explaining how excited he was to be back on the road, be back in uh, Miami. A strap match just had happened between Cody and QT Marshall. And then all of a sudden, the lights had gone out again. They come back up. Alistair Black is in the ring. He hits the black mass on Arn Anderson. All of a sudden, Cody hits the ring. Cody kneels down to take care of Arn Anderson. All of a sudden, he stands back up to question Aleister. Boom, he gets black mass again. It here's the funny thing about all this, you guys. This, this to me was just hysterical. I don't think they really knew what to call him. Like, did you, did you see that, that, that weird sequence where they're like, that guy, that, that's, that's Tommy End, but, but it's not Tommy End. And, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was funny, but I thought the crowd reaction was really, really good. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this. If you follow, uh, Tommy End on social media he is going. He talked about what the storyline is going to look like and it's going to play itself out in the next few weeks so definitely stand, stand by for, for more information. Let me throw it to Moondog first uh, Alistair Black were you a, are you a fan of his work? Do you think he's a creative character as far as his talent? Are you excited he's in AEW or think he would better be suited going somewhere else?
6: I figured he'd go to AEW um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's another really good one. Uh, he stands out. He's, he's not your average wrestler either. If you like aesthetic wise, he's got a look, um, so I, and listening to his interview with uh, Renee Young's podcast, uh, really opened, uh, made me a fan of him as well. Cause hearing his, his mind being his mind and, um, how creative he actually is and such. In fact, he actually said something. He had a pretty fun quote about Vince. He said, um, Vince uh he said Vince would saw would see him in NXT and he would tell Triple H he goes, I want him. I want him and Triple H is like, No, I got no, I still gotta do this shit with him and this shit with him He goes But like it seemed like every takeover Vince was like, I want that guy And then Alistair said um he said, and then finally he got me. And I think what happens is Vince will see guy he really wants. He gets them, and then he's like, "Okay, what do I do with them now?" <laughs> That's sort of deal, which I thought was a was a fun um, tidbit from him. But so I'm glad that uh, he's got work. Uh, he's talked he talked about on the same interview about New Ju- potentially going to New Japan. He lo- he would love the opportunity because he grew up on New Japan. Being in the Netherlands, they would get uh, the European television. Um, And obviously, if you work for AEW, he's got work in the States now, and they got that relationship with New Japan, so he can go to Japan and work for uh, New Japan. So it it, it it makes everybody happy. He could stay home in the States, which I think he lives now with uh, his wife, and um, he can go to Japan for New Japan.
1: No, I agree. I think it's interesting because he'll have a relationship with not only AEW, but if he wants to do some stuff with Impact, if he wants to, if he wants to do stuff with New Japan as well, plus he has the opportunity to make some extra money uh, in some extra side projects working for other promotions. I think that's always a good thing. Liam, let me ask you this. Um, It's almost like if you work for AEW, you're also still a free agent in a way. Like You can still do other things. Uh, unlike if you work for other companies where you may be locked in and not being able to work under any other umbrella. What's your take on him showing up in AEW and where do you think his best fit is? Is it in AEW?
7: Yeah, and and being in AEW is a good gig, kind of like what you said. It gives you kind of affords you the right to go to other places without, you know, you're not having to be a full-timer at other places, but you have the opportunity to stretch your wings a bit, right? So uh especially with the new japan um they have an association with them that's one of the things um when i saw him on AEW, i just saw the clip i don't really watch any modern stuff anymore i'm just tuned out but uh he uh when he was on that uh the crowd went nuts so it got an amazing reaction that was that was number 1 so you know the fans appreciate him and number 2 when right after i saw him on that clip, I thought, you know what? I wanted him to go to new Japan. I really wanted that because I think his style would suit perfectly with that, but he can still get his exposure in the States and Canada and around the world, but he can also have that chance to go to new Japan through AEW's involvement. So, or even impact, you never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is the best move he could have made. Uh, he's probably gonna get a really good deal out of this uh, I don't know how they can keep signing guys though they haven't really let many people go so that kind of makes me I, every time I think like oh they've got everybody they had another person so I don't know That's, that kind of puzzles me sometimes but um but uh yeah there could be a lot of good matches that could come out of this um I think he was maybe trying to not let on to anybody where he was going and a lot of people were speculating. Uh, a lot of people right away thought, oh, well, is the number two, so he's going there. And not everybody's going to do that. Look at Chelsea Green. She just joined Ring of Honor uh, on the weekend. Um, so, And that probably came out of left field for some people. So, you know what? Like, good on him. I think he's... Uh, that guy, he's got just a ton of talent. Um, easily could be world champion in AEW. Easily. And uh, I... I don't know. Just think the world of the guy. I've been a fan since I saw him debut in NXT. I hadn't seen him before that, but I'd heard about him. And, man, that guy can go. He's excellent.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you uh, 100% on that one. Here's some things that I think that are are kind of interesting. You know, we talk about all the people that AEW has. I think it might be kind of uh, a misnomer because I don't think they have a lot of people signed to contracts. And what I mean by that is, they have a lot of people who come in, and they probably get paid per shot every time they come in, or a nightly basis. Um, because you, the Varsity Blondes just now got signed. They were probably yep. getting a, a, a payday every night that they came out, but they now just got signed. Uh, Fuego del Sol obviously did not get a contract being offered to him. That was big on the um, same Guevara's blog. But, so I wonder if they have a bunch of people they bring in, I don't want to say as extras but they bring them in they do pay them but i wonder if the people actually under contract on payroll is probably much smaller than what we think
7: no that's a good point i i just it, it still equates to money though like if you have if you're running dynamite and say you're running a dark taping before that or after it or something right i mean that's still a lot of money going around
2: oh sure you know, you i still, agree
7: you, you got to pay the whole house right so um and fans coming back that's going to help because uh, obviously they could have uh, been seeing some really good profits up till now, but pandemic killed it. So um, who knows where they could have been right now? Now they're just going to play catch up, right? Because they're probably not going to make a profit for another year or two at the at least I would think. But you know what? Everything looks like it's going in the right direction for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you, it, it's true what you said. You know, a lot of those people are uh, just you know per shot deals, uh, not officially signed but it still all does come down to how much money do we have to do out every show. And when you can start thinking of it in those terms, maybe it's like, mm, you know, maybe we'll uh, have longer matches for some people on the shows to use less talent, or maybe sometimes we'll just uh, sign those people up. So it's a lot easier to get them there and they're under a guaranteed deal. You know, it's a lot of different variables.
1: Yeah. Denny limelight. Uh, I'm glad this got brought up here as well. Uh, Danny Limelight actually got signed to uh, MLW, which I think was good for him. Uh, Danny mm-hmm. Limelight is really good friends with Jerry Lynn, and Danny had a lot of positive things to say. And he's a tremendous wrestler. But I think it does boil down to: there's only so many spots. There's just there's just so many spots. It's it's you 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 can't keep everybody. And we kind of talked earlier, I guess it was last week about. You know, If you were to cut somebody, and and I guess this kind of puts it into perspective now, maybe some of the people we were talking about aren't necessarily being paid under contract. Moondog, let me ask you this question. Realistically speaking here, what would you put the dollar value range at somebody um, who's getting paid to maybe work a a dark or somebody who's getting paid to maybe um, work on an elevation or something to that nature? What would you say, I mean, compared to the indies?
6: I'm sure... um if it was someone like me, a uh, close example would be Sky Blue on Dark yes. Elevation. Sky Blue being um, a trainee of uh, Randy's, uh, Rockin' Randy's. Um, I would assume she's getting like five $600. Um, maybe a little For more. Sure. because, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah, okay. Maybe a little more being she's traveling uh, from Chicago to... Uh, where the fuck state? Oh, anyway, Florida. Um, Florida. But I'm thinking that for someone like her, uh, I would assume for, like, indie talent, it's got to be, like, five to $800, maybe. Uh, for someone like a Ricky Shane Page who just debuted, he's probably getting a $1,000, maybe, $1,500. Um, a Matt Cardona and a Jeff Cobb who made appearances, they probably got $5,000. That's just a guess. These are all guesses. I am not – I am not – not, I – <laughs> and no more an expert than you guys are when it comes to payoffs, because I still have yet to make a dollar in wrestling. So
1: um but, but it's interesting though, when yeah. we look at when we look at what the the payouts would be in an independent show. Yeah. We, you're talking about maybe fifty bucks, maybe a hundred bucks, depending on where you are, and then you take it they're on national TV. There's they're probably gonna get at least a few hundred bucks. I, yeah. I think that's safe to say. Um But I think also with Sky Blue, which is really interesting, Sky Blue just had a match in AAW against uh, Haiyan, which was an Mm -hmm. I Quit match, and she won that match as well. And she's obviously a rookie, but I think she's incredibly talented. I love the fact that what AEW is doing, and I'm not here just to kiss ass. However, what I will say is I love the fact that they're bringing people in to try to see if it works. Yes. Give them a platform, an opportunity, whether it's their YouTube channel or not. Bring them in. Let's see what they got. And if they have something that is worth it, let's keep an eye on you. We'll bring you back in a couple more weeks. We'll see what else you can do as you continue to develop. Instead yep. of just this situation of, well, this is our, our roster. It's a, it's a finite amount of people, and we're just all going to circulate just those people. Um, I like that. And, and I like it for the fact that someone like you, Moondog, could get an opportunity. I mean, it doesn't mean you're signed, but you could get an opportunity to be showcased on a show where people could say, I like his development, let's stay in touch, this and that, and you can be used on something and it just gets your name out there even more Yeah, and and it helps you
6: get better. Exactly. Yeah, that's apparently the whole point of Dark Elevation is to, the ones who aren't signed, have them wrestle the people, like, you know, have them put over uh, signed guys and then Dark is probably just... For the signed guys that aren't on Dynamite, or they don't have room for them on Dynamite, and then of course Dynamite might be in the flagship. Rampage, I don't know what that's gonna be. I don't know if it's just gonna be another A show, which is same Dynamite talent, but they I, got four shows now. Uh, I'm curious how that's gonna is is that is Dark and Dark up.
7: Elevation? Is Dark and Dark Elevation are they two different shows?
6: Yeah. Oh my god. That's why I'm just okay. like that's <laughs> I know. wrestling. Thankfully, Dark and Dark Elevation are on YouTube though, so like yeah, yeah. So it's like WCW. WCW had a million shows before Thunder, but of course, when they debut Thunder, suddenly there's too much. They they have they put on too much wrestling, even though they've been put on a shit ton of (laughs) wrestling before. Yeah, but you know,
1: they're just now realizing
6: it's a shit ton. But yet, add one more, too much. That's too too much. much. It's too much wrestling. I think
1: Rampage is going to be, if I'm going to use a WCW analogy, their version of Thunder.
6: Yeah, I agree. Probably. Yeah.
1: So that's going to be that. And then the YouTube stuff will stay YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that'll be very, very interesting to see what happens with that. So many people in the chat. I really appreciate all of the, uh, the comments here. Uh, Damien Elliot 13 uh, referring to sky blue. I'm glad that she went over in the, I quit match. Uh, A yeah. great, great match. Really, really awesome. Uh, Damian also mentions that he popped when uh, Jeff Cobb came out in AEW. Once again, that was a one-time shot type of deal, just like Matt Cardona, much just like a lot of other people. I don't know, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't know if the brother, the Seidel brothers, are actually signed yet because typically you see the big, the logo, you know, such and such is now all elite. Mm -hmm. Is Matt officially signed I think I think
7: Matt signed, but his brother kind of came in under the radar, just started tagging with him out of nowhere. So I'm pretty sure Matt signed.
1: Okay. I was kind of curious, no. curious yeah. about that. Um, so anyway, I thought that was really interesting. So stay tuned for more of that. Um, d- I, we didn't really talk about this recently, but there, there was a very interesting news story that came out about Daniel Bryan. And he uh, allegedly is no longer – In any of the plans WWE has going forward. Zero. Now, the original story was they were going to do things specifically with him in mind. Meaning the relationship they were trying to establish with New Japan and any other thing else. They were like, they didn't want him to leave. Now it seems like they're abandoning ship on this one. Mm -hmm. So do you think that we will see Daniel Bryan somewhere else? Or do you think he will just take his money and ride off into the sunset? What do you think is going to be next for Daniel Bryan?
7: I think he's going to, I think he's going to stay put. I think he's just making him sweat a little bit. Probably. Uh, I, I'd be lying if I didn't, if I said I didn't want him to go anywhere else, just to, you know, he, he's winding down. We all know that. Like, he, not not to say he's not still super talented. He's, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and if anybody says that's wrong, they're fucked. That's all. But um, he needs to do what's right for him. Uh, I I wouldn't doubt it if he's trying to sweat him out a little bit. But you know what? Like him in New Japan having a good run there. Uh, he's he's talked about interest in going to AAA to do like a hair versus hair match or a hair versus mask match. Should be great. Um, even imagine him in say like WXW in Germany. I mean like just lots of lots of great opportunities for him. Uh, and I think he should explore that. That's just me. Like if if I was him, I'd say you know what I don't have many more years left, or maybe I have a year or two. Like who knows? But I'd want to experience what I could before I retire and um, you know, then maybe finish his career in, in uh, WWE. And they they brought him to the highest level that he's been anywhere else. Yes, he had a great career in Ring of Honor, but I mean, uh, that's small potatoes compared to the Juggernaut's of WWE. So we have to think about that. If he can go away for a bit and uh, have some fun, do some other promotions, and then come back for one final run, that'd be perfect. I just don't know if he'll go for it, because you know what? They're probably going to back up with a dump truck full of money at his house and say, here you go, And because absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know Vince is probably going to be going, oh, where is he? God damn it. You know, and then there you go. He'll probably be on the TV next.
1: Um, There was also some news that came out when it came to the Aleister Black situation that uh, once he was officially released, uh, WWE, and they didn't say who it was. However, I'm sure we can narrow this down pretty quickly. Um, they were concerned about when his 90-day non-compete was going to be up. And uh, I, I wonder if it's a situation of, I guess once WWE releases somebody and they don't have, or they do, I should say, have the 90-day compete clause. Well, they can always still reel him back in at some point in time within that 90 days. Right. Uh, but you better come up with a really good game plan to how you're going to use them at that point in time. So can you basically just say you're back in? Or do they have to agree to come back in? I wonder how that essentially works.
7: That's what I was wondering about Uh, Malachi Black, whatever. I hate that name. Uh, <laughs> With him, like, that's what the one thing I was trying to figure out. Like, did he... I, I think I heard something about how he was, like rolled over on his contract, so that's why he could appear in aw right now like he didn't something happened like i'm not sure i'm not sure exactly what it was but like it was something like there was a clause because everybody's like oh how how did he get out of his 90 days so i think something happened i'm not sure
1: i also read something and once again to take it with a grain of salt it's the uh, the the dirt sheets but they said that he had a 30 day non-compete oh okay yeah. That he specifically worked that into his contract, and they were surprised because normally Vince does not go for anything less than ninety. Um, right. I think Rusev actually, it was it Rusev who did or did not have one at all. Somebody recently appeared on AEW and didn't have a no com- no compete. No, I don't know who that might have been. Karl
6: mox didn't have one that's because he worked till his contract expired
7: right he fucked with them on that he uh he pretended like everything was cool and everything and the next thing you know like he showed up so
1: yeah well i mean lex luger kind of did that too lex had talked about how he uh was working on his contract had expired and he was just working on it yeah sure a handshake type of situation right which from a legal contractual standpoint doesn't mean shit Mm. um it's one of those deals where you know, and you got to keep in mind this was also nineteen ninety what five ninety nine ninety four going ninety five Andrade, 95, that's yeah. that's what it was um, yeah yeah Andrade yeah. did not have the the ninety day. Right. so basically at the end of the day, you can work it where if your contract if you ask for your contract not to roll over and you are in a negotiating phase, technically, you're free to dodge and swerve and do whatever you want. Yeah.
7: You know what though, I'm kind of wondering. Does it come like what happens to the whole independent contractor status with that? Is that a loophole you can play out? That's what I'm wondering because you know what, if that's what you technically are, I know you sign a contract, so legally you're bound by that contract, but they're not employees. Correct. So it, you know, so it's like you have to think about dynamic. Like, okay, well, I'm an independent contractor. I signed my services over to this company to be exclusive with them. That's on me. However, there is a loophole there where I am an independent contractor. So if you're saying I can't work for someone else, you don't have a leg to stand on unless there's specific things written in the contract to say you're here this day, this day, this day, this day, every single week without fail. If it's written in specifically, I get it. If it's saying like, hey, you're signed with us. You don't have a leg to stand on. You can do whatever you want. CM Punk was saying that at one point. He said that I remember when he said that on Cole Cabana's podcast, he said, I think they were, they were were telling him something when his body was starting to break down during his final run. And he was just saying, he said, look, I'm an independent contractor. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And they just kind of gave him a look because he was one of the few people that actually challenged it. Right. And, you know, that, that's something that needs to be brought up more. Like if, if you bring up that clause, can you do something with that? That's all I'm wondering.
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, somebody in the chat can also shed some light on that one. I was not Any sure. lawyers? Any lawyers in the chat? Any any, <laughs> any legal experts? Uh, Mitchie Blaze has a great comment here. He says, NXT only has 30 days uh, that they never change in the contract after bringing them up. Very good on that okay. one. I did not know that one. Uh, Damien Elliott also says it was awesome that Tommy had a 30-day. No, I agree with that completely. Um, I don't know. I feel like the whole... The no-compete aspect of it is kind of BS in a lot of ways because I've worked in industries um, where you are not able to work for a competitor, and sometimes it's 90 days. Sometimes it's six months, and sometimes in contracts, depending on how it's written, you are not allowed to work in that field within a certain mile radius. It's even to that specific And I think that's bogus because now you're preventing somebody from making a living. And I feel like that is complete crap. If you have no use for me, what's the big deal for me going somewhere else? And the other thing is, if you don't want me to go somewhere else because you're afraid that I'm going to say something, what the hell does 90 days stop me from still going over and saying something again? You just need to, if you don't want someone, cut them loose, let them live their life, move on. And if oh, you think your, your trade secrets are that secretive, uh, you might want to rethink about that again. Because you know what? A lot of people talk within all different industries, all different avenues, and everybody pretty much knows everybody else's situation. I want to bring this up because I thought this was interesting. This wasn't originally in our notes here, but there is some news. Mark Middleton uh, wrote this from our good friend that Wrestling Inc. Uh, They're talking about John, you can't see me, Cena, and the situation with John Cena potentially coming back to WWE. Now, I think we all know that the whole Roman Reigns, John Cena situation has been, um, the water has been muddied because they're both working in movies, and the scheduling for the movies and the scheduling for wrestling sometimes conflicts, and they're in different parts of the world, so that's not going to, line up. Well, anyway, a recent uh, article, like I said before, Mark Middleton wrote this, that there is uh, a belief within WWE that John Cena is in fact going to return after Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And he is expected, the plans are within WWE right now for him to wrestle Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship on August the 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, They also say that the reports are that Cena is planning on returning back to the WWE on the July 23rd edition of SmackDown, which obviously is going to be live again. They're going to be back to having crowds. Let me throw this out to you first. Uh, Moondog, this whole concept of, hey, is The Rock going to come back? Is John Cena going to come back? I get it. They're trying to pop. Uh, the audience for a big pay-per-view buy, SummerSlam, this, that, whatever, maybe leading up to a WrestleMania blow-off. Do you feel like in a lot of ways this is nothing but a distraction? Hey, this is really cool, but don't pay attention to all the other stuff we've been doing for the last year, year and a half or whatever. Don't, don't pay attention to the bad stuff. These two shiny ornaments are going to be put on the Christmas tree again. Is it one of those situations... They're hoping the fans just kind of ignore.
6: Probably. Um, Though I I think it's different with Cena. When you bring Rock back just for the sake of bringing him back, that's kind of just roll your eyes and whatever. But Cena, though, um, we we all know with his movie career booming, it could be his last run, his last match, because I'm honestly shocked that if he does come back, that the um, insurance for... Him as an actor doesn't step in like they did The Rock. Uh, Hence why Rock has a four-second match with Eric Rowan on a WrestleMania. Um, But if they let him do it, fuck yeah. But I'm sure there's going to be a point where they're going to be like, yeah, no more. He can't do that anymore. Uh, Unless you have a stunt double that looks like John Cena. That's not happening. That's our deal. So I, I don't mind it being Cena. Because eventually we're going to have to get his swan song. And he's a WWE lifer. Especially if you've been a fan pretty much as old as me. So, uh, no problems for me with Cena.
1: What's your take on this one, Liam? Do you think it's, uh, hey, look at this bright, shiny toy in the mix of a bunch of broken toys. See, our toys aren't all that bad. What's your take?
7: Yeah, um... I think, uh, like what Moondog was saying there about the insurance and all that, I think that's probably just on a per-movie thing, so maybe he has something lined up, you know, and it's like, okay, well, you can't get hurt before this happens. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just thinking thinking out loud, but, you know, it could just be that kind of a deal. Depends if he's... I don't think anybody's signed to an actual movie company anymore.
1: Has the Thunderstorm... run. I, okay. Liam Savage, are you there, my friend? Oh no. Moondog a, a, another one to potentially has spit the dust. We're gonna give it a second here. Um <laughs> <laughs> David Elliott says he's sleeping now. Oh my god. Um we're gonna go ahead and uh Well, hopefully he'll come back and join us before we uh, we sign off tonight. But when uh, when it comes to John Cena, obviously he is a a for lifer. And do you think that? Why do you think we haven't seen his swan song?
6: I mean, it's it's probably
1: up to Cena too. Do you think he has anything left to prove, in your opinion? I mean, as far as a performer is concerned.
6: No, but like it's probably gonna be like Taker, where um, once he feels it's right, he'll probably hang up the boots. But right, no, there's nothing left to prove.
1: There he Sorry. is, oh, he's back. We, we, so were, up. we were worried that the uh, <laughs> we were worried that the yeah, storm we Keep ended. losing guys. We do. Yeah. We're dropping like flies. Oh, just like the Golden Girls, except for Betty White. Um, yeah. so w- you were talking about how he's a lifer in WWE. And Moondog says he doesn't feel like we've seen the swan song yet of John Cena. Um, What is the right way to, to end a character? What is the right way to say goodbye? I mean, we knew we saw the end when it came to The Undertaker because we also knew The Undertaker was not able to physically go anymore. That was a known thing. And if it wasn't for cinematic matches, it would have been even earlier that he was done. But John Cena is younger and he still can wrestle. What is the best way for Cena to go out?
7: Who sa- who says there is a way to go out. It could just be open-ended. Uh, for the longest time, nobody thought undertaker was going to retire. Right. I mean, yeah. we'll, who, who knows? We'll still see if that sticks. I, I, I haven't closed the book on that yet. I still
1: think there's a chance. You never know. Whoa! Right? Wait a minute. Um, but wait a minute. Are we starting a rumor that maybe the Undertaker could have one, one more match, one more
6: match? Please no.
1: No. This that would be. I mean, if we've seen anything. Oh gosh, it's the storm again. If we've seen anything, I think it's the Brett Favre situation, right? Sometimes people don't know when. To stop. Some people don't know when to walk away. Um, I loved Hulk Hogan, the character, huh. um, but yeah, he stuck he, around. Another guy, yeah, way too long. Ric Flair, way too long. Um, there's just guys who just. I feel like, from a fan perspective, it ruins the memory of that person. And I, there's a lot of people who say, "Well, it's it's all up to the wrestler themselves how they choose yes. to go out, and it's up to how they want things to go." And I agree. However, when you are a shell of what you once were, you have to somehow, that has to click with you at some point. Like, I can't do this anymore, or I can't do that anymore. I'm sure it hits everybody when the time comes. Do you think that Cena will become the new Undertaker when if may come back every so often? Or do you think once he's had a a swan song, he's done, done?
6: I think he'll be done, done. He's got too much respect for himself. Not that Undertaker didn't have respect for himself, but I think Cena's definitely going to be like, "Nope, I, I that was my swan song," you know? Because um, was it? I think it was in that Taker documentary. Taker said, "Was it that one Mania he missed?" But he was he he was at, but he didn't wrestle on. That really made him want to do it again. I think Cena's been at a couple and didn't wrestle, and I don't think we've heard of. I don't think we've heard a peep out of him. I mean. I've heard that story Kurt Angle told where like Kurt won his retirement match against Cena. But, uh, and when he talked to Cena at that mania, uh, he had the retirement match against Corbin Cena was like, yeah, I know, but it just, it couldn't happen. And God, that sucks <laughs> to know that it could, it probably could have, but I don't know. If, I think Cena was doing a movie at the time. So he probably couldn't, but how, how, how good would that have been if that, that was a retirement match?
1: Well, you brought up a good point here, the the Corbin situation. you I mean nothing against Baron Corbin, but is that the way it should have went out? Well,
6: no. I mean, if it's your retirement match, i would I would like usually pick a guy. I'd let the guy if he if possible, if reasonable to pick a guy for his last match. like um, I know in Japan they usually have a huge like six man or eight man kind of tag with all the people from his past and maybe Correct. someone from the present, that's sort of deal. but I always preferred the one-on-one retirement matches like Terry Funk's five, all all like eight of them, you know, (laughs) and such. But um, I'm sure he'll have a retirement match against somebody who probably Randy Orton, but (laughs) I know that's everyone's favorite. (laughs) Those matches. Let me,
1: uh, let me throw this out here to to both of you guys and, and this is something that I've kind of wanted to know. It, hold on, before I even say that, was there anything else you wanted to continue to say about the John Cena situation now that you're back with us, Mr. B. Arthur?
7: No, I I don't even know if this is going to keep up. I think it's like the the weather here is shit, and I think that's what knocked uh, Mr. Butt out. So uh, we'll see. If it goes out again, I'm probably screwed. So. Uh, no, I'm good on John Cena.
1: All right, so let's let's move on to this here. Outside of Roman Reigns, who has been around in the company for quite a while now, um, do you feel like WWE has really put and invested some time in who's going to be the next big superstar of that company? And if it is, who do you feel like is going to be that next big superstar of the company that's going to take them the next 10 years or so?
6: Bad, probably Roman. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Just
1: well, I mean, he, he needs a foil. He needs somebody oh, else foil. as
6: well.
1: Who do you think else could be out there? Because Randy Orton, God love him, but I mean, how much longer do you think he's going to want to go? Right. He said 50. He said 50? Oh, geez. He he did. Mikey yeah, yeah. says Adam Cole.
6: Um, Rollins. Damien Allen says Rollins. Yeah, Rawlings. maybe Rollins. I mean, he's not my pick either, Liam, but. (laughs) No, maybe. You know, Roman. I don't. It's Mm. hard to say. I would. Maybe. You know what? Roman's
1: the guy. Roman's the guy. That's it. Right. So it's just Roman and feed people to Roman.
7: No, I mean, you can't have that, obviously. That's the whole point of NXT. But, man, like, who the hell do they have? They, they've had a problem since. They
6: fired a shit ton of people too.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not even the half of it. But I mean, when you think of, you look back and it's like I, I think I said this in a past episode. If you look real right back, I think John Cena is like the last major star that's identifiable to people outside of wrestling. If you ask some people outside of wrestling, oh, who's the last wrestler you heard of? Uh, John Cena. Right. And before that was The Rock and Steve Austin and, you know, Hulk Hogan and so on, so on. But, you know, like they don't have anybody that can take that role right now. And as much as some people have said, oh, that's Roman Reigns. Who the hell has heard of Roman Reigns outside of us? Outside of a wrestling bubble? Nobody. Nobody. Right. No, I'm sorry. And, And he's he's a hell of a performer. But man, nobody knows who he is. The only other thing you hear is like sometimes, like, you know, if you're sitting there and your girlfriend walks through the room and they go, "Oh, who's that? He looks like Jason Momoa." That's the only other thing that happens. I had it happen once. Yeah, I had it happen, but I'm just like, okay, well, don't pleasure yourself in the bedroom. I'm watching (laughs) wrestling. But, my God, (laughs) click the beam. Have fun. Have fun. But, but he's about the only guy right now that's taken that, uh, that kind of. John Cena position, but it's it's at a very lower rate, and there's nobody else to step up to him right now, which is kind of scary when you think about it. Big E maybe, uh, if they can really elevate him the right way, because I think he's, he's excellent, but they really need to do a proper job with him, but man, it's slim pickings.
1: They were basically saying that they think that the match between Kofi Kingston and Bobby Lashley is going to be just a barn burner. It's going to tear the house down, and sure. maybe Kofi is is the rightful heir to the WWE Championship because he never got his rematch with Brock Lesnar. However, do you? And this sounds so bad, but I, I mean, because I come from a different generation, do you think Kofi Kingston really can can elicit fear into an opponent? I mean, I get it. But wow. he just doesn't. He, he, there's nothing. There's nothing unique that makes me leave an, an arena after I've seen Kofi Kingston, M- Moondog. Yeah. Do you think there has to be sure. some element of that that plays a factor? That if this is the champion, yeah, this is the guy. Like without a doubt, this guy is not indestructible, but just really damn good. And you got to be a rare person to be able to beat them.
6: Yeah, like credibility. I mean, right. I think, I think Kofi has credibility. Does he have the? Oh fuck! It's Kofi Kingston. I I don't know, but I think he's credible at least. Especially with the New Day stuff. I mean, look, those three are millionaires from that shit alone. <laughs> so hey.
1: unicorns so, hey. and pancakes got them, uh, and they were rated per WWE as the greatest WWE tag team of all time.
6: Hmm.
1: To Give me. it another
6: twenty years, maybe, but they're yeah. up there. I think not great. Greatest they, I th- I think they are great. Like when you think great tag teams, currently for sure they're in that. Them and the Usos for sure, and those matches against each other. Holy horse fuck! Those were some awesome fucking matches. But um, greatest, I, I don't know. That's up there with uh, y- you're putting them against like the Heart Foundation and um, the Bulldogs, Bulldogs and yeah. all those greats from the killer 80s. Bees. Killer bees. The killer yeah. bees,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. The-, the mega maniacs. Mega maniacs. The, the Road War. Yeah, they had one match. That's I was going to say yeah.
6: Mega Mania. <laughs> you mean the Mega Powers? I mean... Mega
1: power pa- oh, the, There was the Mega Maniacs, too. They took there on... There was the D- Ultimate Maniacs, I think. Wasn't there well, there like, was, the was the Ultimate Maniacs, was Ultimate yeah. Warrior and Savage. Yeah. The yeah. Mega Maniacs was Brutus and Hogan, Hogan when they came back at WrestleMania 9 to take on Money, Inc. And then yeah. the Mega Powers, yes,
6: as well. But I don't know if yeah. I could necessarily say they're a tag team. Um, yeah, that's up. Yeah, it's like two... It's a one-off. Uh, Two top guys with each other, like the Brothers of Destruction or um, yeah. you know, um the rock and bullshit. sock connection. Rock and sock, you know. Ah. But like tag team, tag team, heart foundation, you know. Yes. Um I'm trying to think of so like the
1: brain busters.
6: Brainbusters they didn't even
7: make it. They didn't even make it, I don't think. They weren't even in the top fifty. No. It is insane. It is insane. It's, insane.
1: it's, it, it's disrespectful Not. to them.
7: Tully and Arn, how do you not put them in the top 50? They're I only agree. there a year, but they won the tag titles. Yeah. And they worked their asses off. they were fucking great. They were so great.
1: Fuckers. Damian Elliott says yeah. Hardys. Uh, oh, for sure. Wow, this is Edge a really Christian,
6: good one. The Minnesota
1: Wrecking Crew, very good. Con- yep.
6: Yep.
7: Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, but it's a WWE-centric list. That's the only thing. A lot of people didn't understand
1: that. Good point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Edge and Christian, Heart Foundation. Too cool. Um, Yeah. yeah. So there's so many, so many ones that you can really go with. Um, Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, Anything at Mean Street, Posse? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, if we're going with tag teams, I mean, are we going to throw Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe in there?
7: You know what? I'm I'm going with uh, Dwayne Gill and Buddy Wolf. They were a really great tag team.
1: <laughs> what about the Rockers? Oh yeah, yeah, they were great. Yeah, it, w- well done was another one. Oh, uh, they were
6: underrated. Yeah, they
1: were underrated. Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, cri- ECW fans says Crime Time.
6: Yeah, they were good. Yeah, uh, the gimmick
1: sucked. It was it. It was, yeah. It was more of an entertaining shtick that they. As I say,
6: I grew up with them. I'm nostalgic for Crime Time, so I'm a little jaded. I like the APA. What? The APA?
7: I didn't like the Attitude Era. You didn't like who? Era sucked. Attitude
6: Era,
1: it sucked. Oh, touche. The body donnas, Donnas. smoking guns.
6: Oh, yeah, smoking guns. They're all what about, right. What what about
1: what about IRS and Ted DiBiase? Yeah, <sighs> they're a good team. What about tug bo- tugboat and typhoon?
6: You mean earthquake and typhoon? Person. <laughs> same person. Yeah. I like I, and typhoon. Are the same person. I like that team because they're they're big boys. I like me some big boys. They're big boys. Yeah. They're bears. They're bears.
1: Uh, bears. Oh my gosh! I can't even believe this one. This is a good one. Horowitz and Hakushi.
6: Oh. I didn't know that was a very
1: thing. good.
7: Um, yeah, not Hayabusa and Hikushi or Shinzaki, but Barry Horowitz.
1: <laughs> they go with the American connection. Ultimate uh,
7: tag team professional. Yeah.
1: New Age Outlaws, Marty Jannetty, oh, and the One Two Three Kid. Very very yep. good. Sure. So anyway, very very good stuff. Um, as I look at my list, I do not have anything else on the agenda. Is there anything you guys would like to discuss, bring up, topics? Chat. Let's hear it. Anybody? Anything you want. I'll uh, talk about anything. We, I got we nothing will, going on. We will go. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the Orient Express, very, very good. Yeah, the Orient Express was a very good tag team. Um, it was, oh, my God. All Diamond you.
7: and Pat Tanaka. yeah. In the second incarnation, I think the first one was uh, Sato, and I think he retired, like, a year in. Then Paul Diamond came over because he was done with the AWA and all that, and,
1: yeah. bad company. Whenever you say Paul Diamond, I keep thinking of Dennis Diamond.
7: Who the fuck is Dennis Diamond? (laughs) Screech. (laughs) That's Dustin
1: Diamond. Dustin. Close though. Dustin. I don't know. (laughs) It started with a D. Oh my god, I'm losing yep. it. I'm losing it. Um, uh, what else was I going to? Oh, okay. Let's let's do this. Let's play a little round of how much would you pay on Cameo? Should oh, we do that? Uh, Come on, Liam. Sure, you know sure. this is one of your favorite ones. Oh, I love it. I I look forward to it every week. Every even though we've done it s- once. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: You've only done it one time.
4: Oh,
1: yeah. I can't take it. Um, amazing. Let's see here. Okay. Uh, Okay. I'm going to throw out a name. Okay. You two are going to discuss what you would pay for this person. Now, for what people are not familiar, Cameo basically is there's two different options. I guess three options. One, you can get them to text message you. The second one is uh, they create a a personalized video for you. And the third one is uh, I guess like a phone call or a facetime or something like that all right so i'm gonna go wwe guys and i'm gonna and no one look either no one in the chat look either because this is not going to be fair if if you cheat no no cheating uh bianca belair bianca belair two hundred dollars you say two hundo you say two hundo as well let's get some comments from the chat Bianca Belair, you're going to go ahead and get a personalized video from Bianca Belair. Mitchie Blaze says yes, three. Three's high. Okay. Uh, yeah,
6: but they're current in WWE, so it makes sense. Right.
1: 400, 350. Two. Jeez, we're, we're really starting to go high here. The simp money. You say 200. Yeah. <laughs> what what Good do you market. say, Moondog, about 200?
6: 200. 200.
1: All right, you ready for the correct answer? Mm. Oh, Jim McMahon's lowballing this one. He's still hanging out in that hotel room. Uh, Six hundred. What? <laughs> Six hundred. I'll hold it up to Talk the screen. that. And
6: this is Bianca Belair. Oh, okay. I just realized how we were doing this. My bad. Okay, two hundred dollars. Yeah, in. she
7: needs to fuck off. Six. Yeah. Are
1: you see, is the price it posted there? I can't I see, see it. it. I can't I see it.
7: shit.
6: I don't have my glasses on, I can't hear.
7: That's great. I can't see it for anyone. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah.
6: Anyway, it's it's six hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> six hundred dollars. All right. You don't have to show us. Uh yeah. we're gonna go next one. Alexa Bliss. Oh,
7: at that oh, fucking
6: six hundred dollars. Yeah, she
7: was six, I think. Yeah.
1: You gonna say she's six hundred?
6: Yeah.
7: That was the one that got the the that, that kid got the twenty second video or something and paid six hundred bucks or something? Like the other week. And I was just like, wow.
1: That's amazing. ECW fans is 700. Anybody else? You guys are both saying six. I think so. Her her price is 800 for a video. Yes. Would it jump up?
6: What the fuck? Probably.
1: Yes. You can tell her to fuck off too. That's a lot of money. That is so much money. We all Um, pooled together. All right. So now let's, let's go to some other people here that may kind of throw you off as far as what the prices may be. Uh, all right, so we're going to go to, this is an Impact Wrestling star. Okay. This is a, a female. This is Tennille Dashwood. Tennille Dashwood. Ooh.
6: Okay. That's Emma, Ooh. isn't it?
7: Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do we think?
7: Yes, it is. Yes, it is.
1: Tenille. Okay,
6: so Impact 200.
1: You're saying 200? Two. This is for a personalized video.
6: ECW fan says 100.
1: You say 150?
6: 150, yeah.
1: Okay, Mitchie Blaze says 150. You guys ready for the Mikey Stark says 150. You know what the answer is? Forty dollars.
6: Oh damn! That's 40, nice. Yeah. Da-
2: God,
7: I hate this game. Yeah, we can't see it. Yeah,
1: great. Yeah, we believe you.
6: <laughs> Except like so, we'll take your word for it. $40. We believe you.
1: Dollars. All right. So we just got done talking about Buddy Murphy. What do we think it would be for Buddy Murphy? Fifty bucks. Dude. Two, you say two hundred. You say what? Yeah, fifty. You say fifty bucks. What does the chat say? Uh, Mikey Stark says three fifty. Damian Allen says eighty. MWO says seventy five. Uh, the answer seventy five dollars. Oh. All right, let's let's throw one here that might throw you for a loop. This might be a very challenging one. Lillian Garcia. Now. Granted, she's, I guess she's not a, currently a WWE person, but she is a staple in that company. I mean, mm. I would say, uh, you have Howard Finkel, you have Tony Ch- Chimmel, Schimmel, Chimmel, uh, Chimmel. Chimmel uh, and then you have Lillian Garcia. So, what are we saying for Lillian Garcia to get a private message from Lillian? Mike Ward order starts it off at 125. What do we got?
6: 80 bucks,
1: 80 dollars. So that means one dollar above or one dollar below, whatever the uh, no, just one dollar.
7: <laughs> well, your price is right. One dollar. I
1: don't even knew what the one dollar meant.
7: The one dollar meant you're going to be the whatever lowest the lowest, bid. lowest.
1: Yeah. Bid. yeah. Okay. Um, one dollar. Okay. Mikey Stark says seventy-five. Travis Boheb says fifty-five. Uh, Jimmy McMahon says sixty. The correct answer. Sixty dollars.
6: Uh sixty
1: dollars. Um.
7: Hey, you know how much uh, Cornet's going for?
1: I do not know.
7: Yeah he he put up a new round of uh cameos the other day. They sell out so fast. Yeah, but maybe the chat can take a guess at Cornet.
6: And then I got one too, they can take a guess at.
1: All right. I so know I'm going to put my phone down here. You guys know what the exact price is.
7: I know yeah. what it is.
6: Yes.
1: Okay. Uh, for Jimmy Corn.
7: Jimmy Crackhorn, and I don't care.
1: I'll go 150. Moondog. What do you got?
6: 200. Chat. Chat, what do you got for
2: Cornette?
1: McMahon says 150. Mitchie Blaze says 85. Mikey Starks has a great comment. Zero dollars. Who gives a hell? I do. Would you get one from him if the price was right? Oh god, yeah. Are you
7: serious? Why why wouldn't you? You Have the one of the best promos of all time. Why wouldn't you? Of course.
1: All right. So 150 ECW fans is 250. 250 uh, I say 150 uh, l- let me ask this question before you give us the answer is it more than what we're guessing
3: uh,
7: no I'm middle range
1: what's the correct answer
7: 150
1: 150 yeah. from Jimmy crackcorn interesting
7: because he was he was reviewing some of the cameos on uh, one of his podcasts he's got two and he was, uh, he kept like coming up with numbers because his uh, Brian Lass, his co host, would say, What do you think it was for this? Or Baron von Raschke, what do you think? And he's like, Oh, that must have been $100 at least. And he's like, 40 bucks. And he's like, Are you kidding me? So he doesn't want to rip off a bunch of people. So he's like, 150 is probably like the top he's going to charge. And that's cool with me. I'd pay it. How long is your video going to be, though? I don't know. It doesn't matter. He he he's one of the greatest promos of all time. Like, could you imagine like him or say Paul Heyman doing a, a cameo for you? My God, timeless. All
1: right, I got one for you. Timeless. Former WWF champion. All back. Can, Canadian man himself, Bret him. Hart. Sixty. Oh my God. Sixty. D- Moondog, you not said- it. Moondog. 60? This is What's
6: Bret Hart. You? This is Bret Hart. I think it's 60.
1: You say 60? Oh, Damien Elliott says 500. ECW fan says 500. Mikey Stark says 200. Brett, 350. By the way, I think I started this whole cameo question about the dollar amount before Jimmy Crackcorn did.
7: No. No. That was on months ago on his podcast. So.
1: You're late to the train. And Weather difficulties once again are affecting Canada. <laughs> you son of a bitch! What do we Fuck got here? You. What do we got yeah. here? Travis Boham says five hundred dollars. Uh, what's the answer? What are we going to go with? What are you going to say first, Liam? What were we talking about
7: again? It was uh. at the Hitman Heart. Right, heart. Right. Um, I'm going to say four.
1: Four hundred. Okay. Moon dog. All right. I'll change it to two hundred. There you go. Okay. It is only 150
6: Ah, oh, I was closer with for 60 the, <laughs> One of the greatest of all time? That's I was not closer with 60 I love uh, it. You want to hear mine? Yes. Uh, how much for Sting? $1,000.
7: Oh, God. $1,000? Uh, fucking uh, fucking I don't know.
1: He, is he like 800 Jim McMahon, who's still hanging out in the hotel room trying to get the bucket of ice, he says 100. ECW, 800. Mitchie Blaze says 750.
7: All right, I was wrong. 1,500.
1: (laughs) It's got to be a lot of money. It's got to be a lot of money. Oh, yeah. So I'm saying $800.
6: It's 500 for Sting, 200 for Steve Borden. Ooh. So if you want him to paint his face, it's another three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> paint's expensive. Fuck.
1: Steve Borden. Yes. I I mm.
7: Nobody gives a shit about Steve Borden. No. It's they a, want
6: Sting. It, he wears his sunglasses, got the goatee. He looks like the main event mafia guy. It's perfect. Terrible. Um Okay, let me ask you this: Who is
1: um, Moondog? Who's your favorite actor? Oh fuck! <laughs> I don't think about actors. <laughs> who's your favorite actor, uh, B. Arthur?
7: Uh probably Pacino.
6: Robin Williams. There you go. Well, he's dead. Eh.
1: Yeah,
7: he's dead. He what the count.
1: fuck? He is dead. You he didn't he's specify. <laughs> no, I get that, but I mean, in the in the context of cameo, he's yeah, he's, <laughs> he's long dead. Pacino is not dead. How do you spell Pacino?
7: The teacher's asking me. P a c i n o. Come on. God damn Uh,
1: it! He's not on here.
6: Yeah, there's a lot of actors on there. How about Christopher Walken? I was looking into um, Frank Walker. See if he was on there because I wanted I wanted him to send me a Megatron him saying something in Megatron's voice. What <laughs> Megatron. <laughs> fuck is Frank Walker? Frank Welker, he played Fred oh, from Scooby Doo. He voiced Megatron in the old Transformers cartoon. He's in like everything of the old. Oh, cartoons. in the old Transformers of like the eighties one. Yeah.
7: Oh, okay. Now yeah. we're talking. Now we're talking. I How I much- I, yeah.
6: I love his Megatron voice. I read much- any time I read lines, I read Frank Walker's voice. How
1: much would you pay for Alf? With the character to cut like a three-minute video,
7: <laughs> Alf. Alf, where did he come up with that from? <laughs> He's on cameo. Out of your ass. I Alf. would. I would love Alf. Uh, why don't we just Wait. get Tootie from the Facts of Life while we're at it? Oh just- my. Jesus.
1: Oh. Oh my. how much
6: would you pay for Hubert to send you a cameo? Oh yeah. my
1: God. No, because Natalie sat on Tootie. I don't think Tootie's with us anymore. God yeah, that's her. true. Uh,
6: Alf. Alf. What about Peewee? Would you pay money for Ooh. Paul Rubin? Yeah, yeah, Pee-wee I would. Herman. Three famous people that were shot in the back of the head. Lincoln, Kennedy, the guy singing in front of uh, Pee Wee Herman in that theater. Shot oh in the back of the head? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right. Okay. <laughs> I get it.
7: From his penis. Okay, we get it. Yes. <laughs> From his penis. I, wow. This yeah, is like a
1: gunshot. This has gone off the rails. Um, it, it
7: took a while, but we
6: got there. Yeah. <laughs> so did Power he Power outages. People sleeping.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to find somebody here that we could. How much did we say? Do you guys remember how much we said it would be if you were to get um the penis enlargement? No, if you were to get uh, uh, that you uh, a elf, lot. Not Alf, no, not Alf. Uh, meat sauce man. Oh, Virgil. oh Virgil, Virgil.
6: <laughs> is it like stupid expensive? Like $300? probably five
1: hundred. If it's him, I'm guessing. But... Did, did I did I did I play you the Virgil video that he did? He does all yes. these different. Okay, hold up. There was another I think one. Think he here. did. Yeah. Have you seen his profile picture? It's very suggestive. It is very suggestive. He's he had, having like a chili coney or something like that. There's Wang. Um, uh, no, well, it's, uh, I'm going to play this one. This one is, uh, I don't know. Uh-oh. This is weird. Here we go. Uh-oh. This goes
0: go straight to Harry. Harry, you're, you're
1: probably
0: not but a piece of fucking shit, anyway. Come and suck this fucking 14 inches right here. This 14 inches is waiting to go right into Harry's mouth. Harry, your breath stinks, you've got a big fucking nose, and you got to You better have a deep throat, cause I'm gonna
1: shove all this fucking (laughs) fourteen inches right down your motherfucking throat. Amazing! Oh, what a guy! I can't. Great! I can't understand how. How how does this how? All right, so he is he is (sighs) (laughs) he is jostling himself as he's doing the cameo video. Here's another in their mouth. Uh, in 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 his sweatpants. Dick
6: actually out.
1: Uh, no, but it's uh, not that important.
6: He's his pants.
0: This is WWF wrestling superstar Virgil. This goes out to Tony, Nick, and Mike from your brother Ace. He was all three of you a happy birthday. Mike, I'm Virgil and the king. Okay? <laughs> I met you, Mike, at the Hartford Mall. Mike, I Virgil was a three-sport athlete too. Tony, I hear you're a big fan of the Big Boss Man. Happy birthday to Tony, Nick, and Mike from
1: Virgil. Wow, well, that was actually the classiest thing say, I heard That's in, it? there. was that no was more
6: wholesome. The other there, one,
1: there was no meat sauce references or No Olive Garden. Uh, no Olive Garden here. Let's go with another one here. Here we go. Oh boy. Hey, it's Virgil,
0: undefeated at WrestleMania and the leader of the NWO. Eric, have a great 40th birthday. Eric, you're going to show these out here. That's Bill Shelley. Sure makes a great steak. Eric, take me, please.
1: What?
7: <laughs> think he wants Eric to take
1: him. He,
6: he he's, he's
1: got he's got one here where he's has his headphones on. Uh let me see what he says on this one. Beautiful. This is this is wrestling superstar Virgil. This is for Jason. Jason, you're a
0: piece of shit. You're <laughs> you know, you jerk your little tiny ass dick off. And everything <laughs> you did out is like a is like a squirrel a squirrel mala I said, you're not a real man. You're just a man dressed up in women's clothing. Oh,
6: fuck! fuck. Amazing. People pay. That that was worth it. People request them to say certain shit. Oh, I know. Yes, yes.
7: Incredible, incredible. God bless that man.
6: Rip me an asshole, and he just goes off. I mean. He's undefeated wow. at
1: WrestleMania, which is good for him.
6: Uh, <laughs> yeah, all two. I don't even think that's true. I think he lost. I don't <laughs> Here we go. One last one. On his mind.
0: Wrestling superstar Virgil. Max, I hear you hate me. To the max. Next time I see you, Max, I'm going to break my foot off in your ass. Hi, <laughs> Virgil. Here's Shaq. Is a number one fan. Keep getting that fuck money, man, and keep dipping it in all the meat sauce.
1: <laughs> that's fuck what yeah! You want. Fuck yeah! We're done. I love it. Um. So that's what you get if you. Uh, that's what you get if you pay your 69 dollars <throat> for Virgil. But Beautiful. I don't. I don't understand. Do they have any? Do they have any, um, like, guidelines on these things?
7: Well, I'm sure you couldn't have live sex on there or something.
6: (laughs) You probably can't take your penis out.
1: No, but I'm just saying, like, there's no level of etiquette or, like, to be on Cameo. Like, you can't get suspended on Cameo for being...
7: I I think if they had, like, like Cameo Grinder Edition, you could take out your (laughs) dick. But, like,
4: (laughs) otherwise,
7: I don't know oh grinder wow grinder i barely touched her
1: wow why do i feel like why why do i feel like he has a pof account that's just me (laughs) virgil virgil oh
7: probably i do
1: (laughs) we should try to book virgil we should bring him on the
6: show why not
7: oh my god that would be incredible he did he charged you of like 500 bucks but you know whatever (laughs)
6: <laughs> See, he starts with 500 and then you can get him down to like 50. I've heard of that where like he starts like 500. And you're like, no, nah, I can't afford that. Oh, how, how much can you afford? Can you do 200 <laughs> or something like that? I've heard that. Yep.
1: Wow. Well, with that, be- with that being said, I have enjoyed this. This has been fun. Um, we hope the butt is doing okay. Uh, wh- what's the weather report looking like in, uh, in, in where you're at right now? Is it going to get worse as the night progresses or what? I, I hear sirens. Hear that's that? not that's not good. You're that? I hear that. You probably need to take cover. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Sirens. I'm gonna get fucking killed. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's throw it to some uh some plugs here. Moondog, uh where can people where can people go ahead and follow you? <laughs> find your merchandise <laughs> would <with> you next <laughs> man. <laughs>
6: What? <laughs> might
1: well plugs. the plugs. Pro- said plugs. The, the plugs with Moondog is... Uh, B. Arthur may be dead by the time this is over.
4: <laughs>
1: Rest in peace.
7: How about some plugs? So you can... Plug it up, Moondog. You can uh,
6: follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Moondog Murray. Uh, you can uh, check out my live stream, Shellshock Network. I also do podcasts under the same name, Shellshock Network, and all your favorite listening apps. Um... I wrestle every Saturday night in Woodstock, Illinois, twelve thirty Davis Road. So if you want to come see me live, come up to Woodstock, Illinois. It's in the Chicago area, and uh, hope to have uh, something cool dropping in the next day or two. So stay tuned for that. I can't say anything just yet, but
1: nice, excited. That's awesome, yes. dude. Any teasers? Can you tease it for us?
6: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I got Fraylin's address, so I should give you an idea. (laughs)
1: Oh, ho, ho, ho. Touche. Hey. B, tell uh, tell everybody where they can uh, find you, follow you, where your merchandise is when your next match is.
7: Uh, You can find my exclusive line of plugs at (laughs) (laughs) adamandeve.com. What else? Uh, As far as social media goes, because that's not social media, guys. Wink, wink. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Savage Liam. I am on Instagram at Savage Liam 1978, and I'm on YouTube at ECW Fan 123. Uh, like I said before, I got some some wrestling stuff up there. I put a Sunny interview from '97, I think, from TSN up there uh, the other week. I've got a Ron Eric story. I wish from back in the day. Oh, my God. I would have given anything. Um, I put a Von Eric uh, retrospective video. It's from uh, remember that TV show, Current Affair. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's it's on that. It's on that. So um, that's on there. And I put a bunch of music videos that none of you will probably like. So that's good. And And uh... uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm not. So whatever. And uh, yeah. So that's about all I got. That's you, Freeland.
1: All right, man. I tell you what, that's uh, <laughs> one hell, of, one hell of a rundown here. So, uh, guys, if you want to follow me, I'm just at Mike Freeland. If you if you are so desired to follow me, eh. um, I would love to uh, to have you follow me. Um, yeah, that's about it. Catch us each and every Tuesday night here on Front Row Material. Obviously, eight to nine is going to be. Uh, Future Stars Now. Uh, I'm going to be also dropping the first chapter very soon of the book we're reading. Very excited about that. That's going to be the Sabu book. And uh, we're going to get that going. We're going to get that going. Also, uh, the big teaser is going to be Shaza McKenzie is going to be joining us this Thursday night. She is from Sydney, Australia. Um, She is a pro wrestler. Got, I mean, almost 50,000 followers. She's going to be joining us. We're going to be doing an in-depth interview with her, talking all about her career, the industry, all that kind of good stuff. So that is, oh well, yeah, coming up for Thursday night. That's a big surprise! So don't miss that at all. Once again, Cult of Beardo, running eight to nine, nine to ten is going to be FRM's special uh, interview session with Chase It's Mars. My interview. Cool. No sell that. Yeah. Uh, awesome.
6: You said tomorrow's your interview?
1: My anniversary.
6: Your anniversary? Okay. Congrats. Happy anniversary. I, I misheard you. I was like, you're what? Okay. No, you're, yeah.
1: My, my anniversary. It's been four years, uh, oh, nine goodness. years altogether that my wife has uh, been tolerating me. So
6: that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, with relationships. So congrats. That is a huge deal.
1: Uh, it's a, yeah. more of a congratulations to her than it is to me. Uh, she's my legal guardian, and
6: she's the man of the house. She she <laughs> she's your she legal has her guardian. Own,
1: yes, she is her. I don't know what she is. She also. adopted him. She did. Yeah. she has a, a toolkit. She does everything. Everything.
7: Okay, that's uh, something to unpack on a different episode. I think that's uh, a little weird psychiatry kind of stuff right there. Yeah,
6: <laughs> Frayna likes stepmoms. <laughs>
1: But I'm super I'm super excited because part of my my anniversary gift was this. Toys, yes. To- exactly. I'm forty. I guess she does love you, yeah. Yeah. And you she's know. allowing me to buy toy dolls.
7: She didn't buy that golden girl shirt for you, did she? Yes. Uh well, we all make bad choices at some point, so
1: so uh, follow Shellshock Shock Network. When are you going to go live next,
6: Moon Fuck, who knows? <laughs> I don't <have> that schedule. <laughs> I love the. I, I love I love the brutal honesty. I was going to ask him if he wanted us to raid, yeah. but um, no, uh, no, I, I, I did that last week, and um, uh, I, 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 it's definitely not going to be a weekly thing. But that was a special thing, or two weeks ago rather. Um, no, I, I, I am. If you, I, I, I do. Excuse me, I do nope. stream often. <laughs> I just don't know what days. It all depends on work, wrestling practice, gym, life. You know. Nice. And how much time is in between? Because I don't. I hate going in and streaming for just an hour. That I hate that. So I like to give you guys at least two and a half to. Fuck! I did nine hours on Sunday. So. <laughs>
1: wow! <laughs> holy
6: <laughs> shit! Good
1: God! That's like a Jerry Lewis telethon.
6: Yeah, beers and and South Park video games—they they go together great. Wow.
1: <laughs> Who should we raid? Who should we raid? Uh, you, you are the resident uh, media mogul, their Moon Dog. Who could we benefit from raiding from or raiding? Um, somebody wrestling or anything or
6: the only one We're that alive is Impact. Sorry, my fucking oh, is, is is talking Impact on right now? Nope, it just went off. <laughs> Actually, ah, hang on. Beautiful. Uh, my fucking computer is set up right in front of my fucking file channel. No, they're just showing um, classic stuff. Right okay. now, yeah, as long as it's not
7: that redhead in the in the bikini in the in the uh, waiting pool.
4: So no, I want
7: Amaranth is that her name? Yeah.
6: Oh yeah! I know yeah, what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Page nothing. is streaming. <laughs> Page is streaming. How
6: yeah. many
1: people does she have that watching her right now? 40,000?
6: 300, 358 watched her play Dead oh. by Daylight. Well, yeah. let's
1: do it. Hey, Kip Fuck. Sabian's on. How many has Kip got right now? Oh, okay. There we go. That's someone who probably would appreciate us. And we could... Uh, yes. Hey, guys, tell him that, uh, that Jerry Lynn says hello. 41. And- He's got 41. He's going to have more. How do I raid real quick?
6: Yeah. Uh. Let's see. Slash raid. Slash raid.
1: So slash. Space. So hold it. Hold it. Slash. And then the word raid right next to it?
6: Yeah. Don't space it. Okay. Slash raid. And then a space. <sighs> then a space. V. Kip Sabian. He, oh, shoot. T-H-E. He, K- uh-huh. K-I-P. Yeah. S-A-B. I-A-N. Hold
1: on a second. Kip is just K-I-P. Yes. And then S A B I A N. Uh, yes. Right. All right. So uh, the Kip S A B. All right, guys. So
6: do this right, now. All
1: right. I hit enter. Yeah. And that's it. That's it.
6: All right. Tell people that Mike Freeland and Jerry Lynn said hello to Kip Sabian. Yes. Enter. And then if there's a, I think it might be in your chat room. Says ready to launch or something. If not, it, it should as soon as you end the stream, it'll send them right to them. Sound like
1: a plan. So I went ahead and I did that, guys. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. Hope you guys had a great night. Thank you so much for the butt. Thank you so much to the rit, Moondog, and B. Arthur for joining us. Thank you so much. We will catch you next week on Front Row Material.